This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. So, lots to talk about. Of course, your calls, if you make them, you may bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. That is the point of this program. You can actually control the website as well. Perhaps you just aren't. One of those kind of people that likes to get on the phones. I mean, it's a really unique uh, individual who will pick up the phone and uh, call a talk radio program. What, about 1% or, you know, like the maximum 1% of the audience will ever call in? That's the statement. Yeah. So, uh, well, so I've always been taught. Maybe you'd rather participate in other ways. You can go to freetalklive.com and actually control the content of our website as well by submitting different uh, news items or you know, blogs or YouTube videos. Whatever it is you think is interesting, whatever you think our listeners would like, you can submit it. As show prep over at freetalklive.com. And then other listeners will then uh, decide whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. They vote, and you can vote too. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. So drop on by freetalklive.com and get interactive there. Of course, it's uh, totally free, like everything is on our site. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their pages. Ours is free. So drop in at freetalklive.com and enjoy. As we will. Uh, of course, take your calls about anything, but also bring things to the table to discuss. I've got a related story, Mark, to something that we talked about uh, just a few days ago, maybe just a couple days ago. It was a news story that you had about somebody who wanted to do kind of a puff uh, photography piece on the police. Right. And he was, you know, he'd heard that the police were doing naughty things to protesters at the Occupy movements, and he just couldn't believe it. He, you know, these are our friends, friend, officer friendly. So we're going to go out and uh, and he's going to go out and take some pictures and show them and they're doing their duties and they're heroes. You know, that kind of thing, right? Well, I, yeah, I got the impression that uh, he felt that uh, for whatever reason, the police were being shown in uh, a negative light and didn't didn't think that that was fair. So uh, you know, they he goes and, and therefore, uh, you know, tries to do something. I imagine he wasn't trying to do something that was one sided, but in fact, something that was fair. Uh, but as a result. He got himself. He got arrested uh, for standing on the sidewalk, and the police lied and said that he was in the street. Now he was arrested for pho- photographing the police, right? Well, he was arrested for refusing to get off the sidewalk. Essentially, sure, but they they don't like being photographed. I mean, wasn't that the reason why they approached him? Don't you think? I think that they wanted to. The, the impression is, is they well, you know, there were a bunch of people there, and they they didn't like the Occupy movement. Period. So gotcha. you know, let's round these people up and arrest them. The claim was that all these people were rioting in the street. The video, finally, when it came out in court, which I, it shouldn't have been any surprise to the prosecutor, showed that the police were the only ones in the street. So I've got a related case. Uh, this story from Mirtha and Mirtha, MirthaLawFirm.com. So the attorneys representing the lady in the question here, or the lady in question. The case, uh, they say, is a frightening example of what can happen when a photographer encounters ignorant bullies with badges. According to the complaint filed in federal court, Nancy Genovese, a mother of three, was driving home on County Road 31 past Gabriski Airport in Suffolk County when the... Uh, She noticed the Gabriski Airport displays a decorative helicopter shell by the roadway to the public, which is visible to all who pass by. So, you know, kind of like a a, a model, if you will, or a showpiece uh, of some sort. Yeah, showpiece. You know, look, oh, here's this piece of equipment. It's fancy. It's a helicopter. Nancy Genevieve stopped her car on the side of the road across the street from the airport in an area that's open and accessible to the public and crossed over the road to the airport entryway that's also open and accessible to the public to take a picture of the helicopter display. While still in her car, she took a picture of the decorative helicopter shell with the intention of posting it on her personal Support Our Troops webpage. Nancy, 
was preparing to drive away when she was stopped and approached by Robert Eiberger, a lieutenant with the Southampton Town Police. Lieutenant Eiberger demanded to know why she was taking photographs. Nancy showed the lieutenant her camera, but Lieutenant Eiberger grabbed her camera and handled it without care. In an attempt to prevent the lieutenant from damaging the camera, Nancy yeah, removed her I, memory card. I love how the police the police just seem to think it's an opportunity to come after somebody when they see people taking pictures. This has happened from train stations to uh, you buildings, know, buildings, all kinds of situations where you know your average American who had. In this case, wanted to put it on her support our troops page. I mean, she sounds like a good old government supporter to me. You know, these Mm -hmm. people are protecting us, including law enforcement, likely. But then they come across a situation where they're, I mean, officer friendly is going after their camera. They thought they lived in a free country where you could take pictures of things that you want to take pictures of. And there are no laws that you can't. Well, how much do you want to bet uh, Lieutenant Eiberger in this particular case, the aggressor, was actually formerly the military? I would, I would guess because a lot of police uh, tend to be. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's common that uh, people leave the military and are recruited by police departments. They already know how to take orders, and so they're natural uh, recruits for police. Anyway, she attempted to remove her memory card uh, and did, uh, did remove that memory card, but then Lieutenant Eiberger confiscated it. To date, Nancy's memory card still has yet to be returned. Lieutenant Eiberger demanded that Nancy remain where she is and refused to allow her to leave. At this time, he notified the sheriff's office and authorities at Kabreski Airport of Nancy's presence outside the airport, uh, airport and falsely and wrongfully informed them that she posed a terrorist threat. Suffolk County Deputy Sheriff. Now, we um, we saw. You know, I don't have uh, I don't have the article sitting in front of me here, but it's amazing. They, you know, the, I guess it's Department of there's some kind of terrorist watch list or something like that. And the claim is is that uh, I think it's 55. I'm going to look it up, but the, it's an incredible amount of terrorists that uh, that that law enforcement comes in contact with it's per every, day. Every single day. Uh, now, so this I, is one of them, right? This Nancy, uh, Nancy, the mother of three, she's one of those terrorists. She that the government isn't encounters? because this is only people that are uh, on the terrorist watch list. I see. So that's well, now the, she might be on it now. Yeah, it's fifty-five. I thought it was fifty-five daily encounters with terrorists. You can't just the, go. You can't just go around and take pictures of helicopter husks. Yep. I mean, you could. You could be plotting to blow up a helicopter or something. I, 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 <laughs> there's some real valuable information you can get from photographing a husk. I can't of even a imagine. I'd love to know what this person was thinking when they, uh, this this Lieutenant Iberson was thinking when they thought that it was a good idea to go after, you know, some mom on the side of the road. Terrorists not likely to be moms. Just guessing. Mark, everyone's a suspect. Lieutenant Eiberger demanded she stay where she is, and the Suffolk County uh, Sheriff responded to the scene along with various members of the Sheriff's Office because, you know, hey, this is a big deal. There's a potential terrorist out here. Well, outside he the said airport. it. Like, right. this is okay. So, I mean, these guys, once somebody puts it in the air, makes this occur, then they've got to respond in their minds. They have to respond as though this is true. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, it's just not right to go up and uh, respond and say, What's the guy's name? Lieutenant what? Iverson? Iberger. What's his first name? I don't know. Oh. Uh, hey, loot! Find any terrorists today? 
you Robert, big fat rube. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get in trouble. The lieutenant says there's a terrorist out by the airport. You're gonna show up with your lights blazing and pull a shotgun when you get out. Well, when Deputy Carlock arrived, he placed cameras on the roof of his vehicle aimed at Nancy and her 18 and 20 year old sons, who at that time had come to the scene to help their mother. He must be a terrorist with those cameras out. Deputy Carlock. No, that's the sheriff that uh, put the cameras out. Well, there. that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see. Well, he couldn't possibly be a terrorist. He works for the government. Ah, okay. Sorry. Unless, of course, you count the government as terrorists, which I do, because they're the only ones that are actually threatening you on a daily basis. Who had terror struck in their heart in this situation? I bet you Nancy was pretty scared. Deputy Carlock ordered every right all to be. three of them to stand directly in front of the cameras and not to move. Officials from the airport as well as other law enforcement agencies responded, including without limitation the Southampton Police Department, West Hampton Police Department, FBI, Department of Homeland Security. Nancy was questioned on the side of the road for approximately five to six hours. Hours, Five to six hours. About 6 p.m. until midnight, denied food or water and denied the opportunity to use a restroom, all without having received any warnings as to her rights. You know, I wonder in this circumstance if she would have used the the magic words as, am I being detained? Hmm. Am I free to go? Well, certainly she is, uh, as somebody who is going to make some sort of a, uh, add pictures to her puff piece for supporting the troops on her website, odds are good she's never heard those phrases before. Probably not. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if... But what would what that would have, have happened yeah. if somebody would have used those that phrase? Because they'll tell you, uh, you know, like, you know, I have to use the bathroom. You're going to have to hold it. You know, whatever it is they say, they're not saying you're not free to go. They're just making it very difficult for you to understand that you're, you know, not free to go. They've got tricks. I will tell you more about Nancy's story here in moments. 855-450-FREE. Because, again... The other cops just now showed up in the, at this point in the story. So it was first just the lieutenant. He calls in the uh, the squad, and then they show up, question her for uh, five to six hours. But what else transpired? 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's bigger, gayer dance party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Oh, and uh, speaking of those features, you can get signed up for our news updates. Head over to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. They're all free. Over at news.freetalklive.com. And I want to also let you know if you are a webmaster or a blogger, perhaps. Maybe you don't yet have a forum on your website. Or maybe you already have a forum, but you'd rather have one that's private. One that's anonymous. One that will one that cares about your users' privacies. I guess when I say private, I don't mean private in that no one can get in. Actually, uh, plainboards.com creates anonymous message boards, meaning that uh, they, they're they concerned with the privacy of your users in that nobody has to register for an account to post there. Uh, you can go and get your own within seconds. It's free to use. 
over at plainboards.com. That's P-L-A-I-N, plainboards.com. You don't have to install anything. You don't have to log in to get one. You just go type in the name of the board you want, and it's created for you right in it, like in an instant. This is great value that you can add to a website that you have um, you know, for no cost. Essentially, yep. you can add huge value for the people that come to your website, and that's how you get people to come back. You get more hits by adding a plainboard. Plainboards.com. Let's go. Uh, we're going to continue with Nancy's story here in a moment. It's a mother who uh, is pulled over. She's you know, kind of this military-oriented lady. You'll find out in a moment that she actually had a gun in her vehicle. That kind of made things interesting with the police. Uh, but, uh, you know, this milita- pro-military lady pulls over by the airport to take a picture of a helicopter husk. So basically a helicopter has been stripped of you know all irrelevant motion-y parts like the engine and things like yep. that and just kind of the, the husk of it. The life-size uh, model of, a, hel- of right. a helicopter. I don't even know what to call it. It's not a model. I mean, it's a former helicopter yeah, exactly. it just doesn't it's a helicopter that doesn't hello anymore yeah a helicopter on display uh for you know historical purposes uh and it's it's a publicly accessible thing she's pulled over the police threaten her as a potential terrorist because she was taking pictures of it and we'll continue her story in a moment let's go first though to andrew listening in chicago you're on free talk live andrew with Ian and mark hey how you guys doing hey great what's on your mind um actually uh, on the, the lines of, of photographing the police, um, in Chicago, we recently had the, uh, the NATO summit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I go to school in the city, and uh, the school I, I go to also has a large film section. And uh, before the summit, we were just blitzed with this massive email saying, we have received explicit you know, uh, statements from the, the Chicago Police Department that if anyone is caught videotaping anything that's going on related to the summit— and they don't have, you know, a legitimate press pass. I say legitimate in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your gear will be in basically. Well, your gear will basically be stolen from you. You will not receive it back, and you will be thrown in, as you would put it, a cage. Your civil rights have been suspended for the duration of the NATO summit, citizen. Go on about your business. It's actually worse than that. Um, Rahm Emanuel, um, the the king of Chicago. Um, has uh, enacted a, just a handful of, of these tiny little provisions, um, such as the ability to shut down protests at will and requiring $1 million in insurance. For just to have a protest? protest? That goes on. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that's going to that's that's put a, a dampener on uh, free speech. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to go about getting a million-dollar insurance policy or what it would possibly cost. I'd imagine it's several hundred dollars. You'd probably have to call an insurance company to start with. Yeah. You know, and uh, just kind of one more thought before I was leaving. Oh, yeah, off. and forget uh, anything impromptu, right? Like if you uh, need to have a protest quickly because, you know, something's happening in the world, uh, you'd have to go and jump through all these hoops. It'd be impossible. You'd have to have a, you know, several week, if not month, lead time in order to navigate no the bureaucracy. You, you can't be topical. That's right. Um, just kind of one more thing. I, I wanted to give a book recommendation out there for anybody who's kind of on the fence with this uh, kind of panarchism, anarchy. Um, it's called Welcome to Free America by David Barker. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's just a fantastic explanation of how life would function cool. in you know, a, a stateless society. I like it. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate the uh, recommendation and the thoughts tonight. Let's go to Dave listening in Mount Jackson to WSVG in Virginia. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey. So this is from WSVG, the talk of the valley. Yeah, we love them. Go we ahead. We carry you guys live. We Indeed. carry you guys live. Seven nights a week. Hey, one of the few and the proud uh, seven night a week uh, radio affiliates and live uh, WSVG. Well, Jim, Jim, 
Jones is a great owner. A he is. great owner. I actually may go back to work for him sooner rather than later. Fantastic. Look, guys, uh, I'm a former, actually, police officer from within the military. Um, I have to take issue with a little bit about what you were saying. First of all, my experience, and uh, make no mistake, a civilian police officer's worst nightmare encounter is with a former police officer. Because the former police officers know what you can do and what you can't oh, do. Oh, yeah, you know the game. Yeah, and, and, you know, civilian law enforcement. Matter of fact, I took a picture. I was taking pictures of a firehouse over in Mathias, West Virginia, about a month or a month and a half ago, because it had a sign on the side saying, free broadband Internet access paid for by the Obama administration. It's <laughs> okay. funny. And I, and I was taking a picture of that to put on my Facebook page, and up pops the deputy sheriff asking me what I'm taking pictures of buildings for <laughs> ridiculous because um, i feel like know, it <laughs> well you know I, I think what i wanted to point out is having been a police officer and actually taking an oath to uphold and defend the constitution there is maybe more than a small minority that used to be in the military that take those very seriously and even though they're out of the military uh realize that those oaths that, that we took have no expiration date. Yeah, are you are you referring to oath keepers? Well, I'm in the oath keepers, yeah. Right, right. But but you know, all of us realize, well, a good bit of us realize that our oaths didn't, ha- you know, our oaths didn't expire when we left the military. So what happened with your story? I mean, I'd have loved to have seen video of you encountering this uh, this cop. <laughs> well, he turned on his TV camera as soon as I said, uh, I used to be a police officer. What kind of statutory authority? Do you have to worry about me taking a picture of a building? So the whole thing was encountered, and eventually he went away. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, I imagine the uh, the OS face uh, came over uh, over his visage. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess my point is: one, civilian police departments, I think, would like to recruit more former military than they really do, and it should be concerning to all of us, or at least it's concerning to me that most police departments where I live, they not only have just a, uh, a high school education requirement, most of them don't have any college, and they don't have military experience. Hmm. For example, the Harrisonburg Police Department, which is uh, it, it's in, it's the city, the county seat where I live, we've had two police officers in the last three months kill animals. Oh, no. One of them was called to uh, to the scene where a cat had been injured, and the homeowner, you know, had this injured cat on his porch. And this relatively new police officer beat the cat to death with his baton fifteen oh to twenty times. Oh my god! Good lord! That's two. That's yeah. two cat killing stories in a week that we've had now on Free Talk Live. Uh, uh, hey, thanks for sharing that tonight, Dave. I appreciate the info, the inside scoop. Keep, uh, feel free to uh, keep us in the loop with uh, what you do All in the right. future because it sounds interesting to me. I appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can share your experience or bring up whatever's on your mind. More about the mom harassed by the cops in moments. Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Madrick? 
know about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel. Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. As we told you before, you can control the content there, but sometimes it's nice to have an editor decide uh, what's interesting, and they do that over at Freedoms Phoenix. Freedoms Phoenix is what were they call news aggregator site Yeah, for people who are probably the single best news aggregator site for people who are interested in pro-liberty issues. Uh, I do a lot of uh, show prep there. Uh, you know, Frankly, we, sh- we share some articles from uh, freetalklive.com where we have our own news aggregator and where you can vote them up, vote them down. You can't really vote them up and vote them down at uh, Freedoms Phoenix, but they have a, a you know a, just a, a bunch of stories that come through. Yeah, go check, every day. Yeah, go check them out. Freedomsphoenix.com. Sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. It's worth getting. All right. So still to come more about the mom who was harassed by the police uh, just for taking pictures of a helicopter husk. But first, Dale is in Tennessee. Dale, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian Mark. Um, hey, Dale. I, pre- I, I just wanted to – I've got something I need to tell you all that I just found – Mind-boggling. Okay, I live in Tennessee, and uh, Smithville, Tennessee, a 21-year-old man was arrested for cohabitating with a 15-year-old girl. Let's say sometime cohabitating, because like she probably stayed at her own home with her parents and went back and forth with him. Mm-hmm. And it was with the parents' permission. They were buying her, they were buying him condoms, you know, and things, you know, oh, or wow. hide, I guess. But the part the part that really gets me is is in Tennessee. If these parents had, had get if they gave him the permission to marry her, there wouldn't have been anything they could do. Right? What, what is it? Thir- thirteen or something like that? In a lot of places, like thirteen, fourteen, yeah. uh, where if you've got well, yes, and they arrested the parents too. Oh my God, jeez! So in in this circumstance, because they were co- sometime cohabitating, they were not married. They, uh, you know, the, the police came in and arrested them. I, I you know, some busy, busybody must have reported the situation. To but them. if they'd only just paid off the police right. with uh, with a ten dollar, you know, hundred dollar uh, marriage certificate, then that, it would have been completely fine. Been fine. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, and and to me, that's that that's that's, that's the most bogus thing uh, I've ever heard. I mean, when because when I was when I was twenty twenty years old. If the girl's dad liked me, I thought I had it made in the shade. That was the only thing I was worried about. Sure. If her dad liked me. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Hey. All right. Well, y'all, y'all have a good one, man. Dale, uh, thanks for sharing the story, man. I, I appreciate hearing from you uh, tonight at 855-450-FREE. It's certainly an unusual story. You know, usually if uh, there's a 21-year-old dating a 15-year-old, that's a good dad's not going to be so happy yeah, the par- about that. The parents uh, tend not to be so happy. But, you know, whatever. They must have been happy with the situation. Right. Uh, so let's just go ahead and arrest everybody because that will make everyone's lives better. Because, you know, a 15-year-old uh, teenager couldn't possibly make any decisions for themselves, right? Whether you agree with the decision or not, 
they couldn't possibly make any decisions for themselves, and certainly not with the assistance of their parents. No, the aren't state 15, knows what's best. Aren't 15-year-olds supposed to make the decision of what they want to do with their life? I mean, aren't, isn't that the age that you're supposed to be making the decision? Well, you should what, certainly be thinking about it. What are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. Well, they want you to, I mean, they want you to, to know the answers to those questions. You need to be able to answer, you know, what, what classes are you going to take in high school so that you can take the proper college, go into mm-hmm. the proper college, and, you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah, absolutely. You're making decisions about your life at the age of 15. What I'm just curious also, what if uh, it had turned out that instead of this 15-year-old, and I don't know, was, was it a girl, I guess? 15-year-old yeah. girl. Uh, what if she had been over at a girlfriend's house who was 16? Uh, let's say, you know, so the girlfriend might maybe, uh, let's... Let's go ahead and say it was 16 is a legal age in whatever the state is. In a lot of states, Probably it's 16. True. Some, it's 18. Uh, so let's say, of course, then again, there's also different rules for uh, homosexual sex. So anyway, let's just say she's with her girlfriend and they're having sleepover after sleepover after sleepover. And at what point does that become cohabitation? I don't Would, think it was the cohabitation that was necessarily the problem. Probably somebody sadly said, yes, we're having sex. You mean within the case, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they likely could've. the police showed up, and they're, they're experts at this. Experts at this. They can intimidate people and get them to confess. You have no business answering any questions from a law enforcement officer. None, except, did you call us here? Uh, you know, I mean, that's the only questions you should be answering. Mm. Uh, you should not be answering questions because if they're asking questions, they're conducting an investigation. If they're conducting an investigation, they're looking for someone to lock up. If they're talking to you, likely the person they're looking to lock up is you. Good possibility. Or someone you care about. 855-450-FREE. Maybe you've been in a similar situation and you would like to uh, explain what it, what, uh, what it was like. But you know whether you agree with the teenager's choice in this particular case, I think that uh, could you possibly believe that the police involving themselves in this way has in any way made the situation better for any of the parties? Yeah, I can't see how anybody is uh, made better in this circumstance by the police being involved. You know, maybe I don't think it's a great idea necessarily for a 14 year what was a 15 year old, 15 year old and 21. I don't know. I mean, eh, you know, 15, 20, 21, you're at the outside of what I find acceptable right there. I mean, not outside of what I find acceptable at the outside of what I find acceptable. It seems like a stretch. Those are those are, you know, periods that i find to be different they were for me but different people have different experiences right for me I, it's not i mean business. i had a, at, at 15 years old i'd had a job for three years the people in my class i don't know any of them that had had that same experience i was uh, well i don't know if i would had a, an official job for three years at that point in my life but i was certainly working more than my counterparts at uh, at a young age well you're was, working at your mo- mother's store right i was working at my mom's store before i was 16 when i was 16 i uh, ended up getting a job over at uh, the big k and uh, the, uh, the electronics department yeah yeah. Well, yeah it was actually called uh, kmart for a short period of time and then they rebranded as the big k uh, but anyway, so my point being here that it's none of my damn business uh, what these people are doing. If uh, everybody's consenting, I don't care. And it's particularly unusual to have the parents consent in this particular case. And I think that uh, Dale's point is really spot on. How just hypocritical and terrible the people calling themselves the state are oh this is such a big problem because you don't have a marriage license all you had to do was ask for our blessing 
give us $100 or 80 bucks or whatever marriage license costs in Tennessee, and then you can just go ahead and have all the cohabitation you want with your 15, 14, 13 in some places. It's 13 to get married uh, with I knew, the parents' permission. I knew a girl that had been married at 13 years old. I you know, was working in Bartow, Florida when uh, at work release, and that, that there was somebody, some girl at a restaurant where I was working that got married at 13. So she was working old. with you there, you mean? She was 21 and had two kids wow. and false teeth. Jeez. <laughs> well, I hope she's happy. I do, too. <laughs> she was fooling around on her husband. He was fooling around on her. Oh, I'm not going to claim to know what's best for these people, but I, I can tell you that locking any of them up would no. have been a good solution. No, in no way, shape, or form. So 855-450-FREE. Back to uh, the mother of three who was harassed by the police, pulled over. Just She was not allowed to leave from an area in which she was publicly, publicly accessible. There's a husk of a helicopter. It's outside the uh, the airport where she lives. And this is from MirthaLawFirm.com. Her lawyers are describing the police showed up. They called in, their, uh, called in backup, called in the FBI, DHS, questioned her for six hours, five or six hours, till midnight, denied her food or water, denied her the opportunity to use a restroom. And her sons were there, too. Uh, a couple of her, I guess, adult sons, 18 yep. and 20. Really interested in what the sons, uh, what are you holding them for? Exactly. They showed what? up to help her and then were detained as well. Nancy had a left lower leg injury above her ankle that she had received earlier in the day and which, exacerbated by the stress and length of her roadside detention, was causing her to limp. When the officers saw this, they ordered her to expose the wound, which was bleeding, for no legitimate purpose and with no regard for Nancy's health or well-being. Members of the Suffolk, uh, Suffolk County Sheriff's Office used Nancy's leg wound as another object to taunt her with, telling her that they were going to arrest her for an unreported knife wound. Here's where the story takes an interesting twist, as though it weren't interesting already, and why I believe Nancy's situation hasn't received more press coverage. Before arriving at the airport to take a picture earlier that day, Nancy had been to the local shooting range. Remember, this is a lady who's very, uh, you know, pro-military, so she's got her rifle. I don't in... care what, what she is. She has the right to carry a rifle. Absolutely. But, I mean, this is a woman who is, is being shocked to the core about what's happening to her. Yeah, sure. I mean, she considers herself a very patriotic person. Uh, she believes in... The, you know, the military, which, of course, I'm no fan of the military, but she is. And then all of a sudden, she's attacked within her own uh, so-called country by people that she believed were there to protect her. We'll give you more about her story here in moments at 855-450-FREE. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 855-453. What do you want to talk about? Photographing in public places and being harassed by the police. As we were telling you, one story of a mom, a mom of three, who was uh, harassed by the police for taking a picture or pictures of a helicopter husk in a public place outside of a public airport. We'll continue that. Or talk about uh, age of consent, uh, these crazy laws that allow somebody to get married at the age of 13, but... 
if uh, even with parental permission they're just cohabitating with somebody else without being married, then all of a sudden the state comes in and arrests everybody, including the parents. Crazy story. Uh, I think uh, it was out of uh, Tennessee. So whatever you want to talk about as well goes at 855-450-FREE. We're telling you the story of uh, Nancy Genovese, and uh, we'll continue that here in moments. Also want to make sure that you know how to support this program. If you like Free Talk Live, you can go and shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find links to uh, Amazon. Amazon UK, Canada, US. You click into the right one for you. Get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff that you're looking for and get it delivered to your door. Get great prices. The usual Amazon prices you're used to, the free super saver shipping you're used to, it's the same Amazon. You're just entering through our affiliate links. So therefore, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the profits. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Nancy Genovese was uh, pulled over by the police as she attempted to uh, drive away from an area in which she was photographing a helicopter husk that was kind of on display as a historical monumental monument sort of thing. Uh, she is a big fan of the, the troops. She's got a support our troops page on the internets, and she was intending to use these photos to put up on her page to support the troops, make herself feel good about the killing going on. In the Middle East. But that's what she was doing, and all of a sudden she got a taste of what America's really all about, and that is the police state. The uh, police show up, they detain her for hours for questioning. Uh, her sons show up, they apparently also detained them as well. I thought they were in the car with her. Uh, no, they had showed up to okay. support her I see. Uh, on, this, on the scene. Which is a good thing. I mean, if you can if you can be there for your friends in person when they're pulled over, that's a good thing. Uh, the more eyes to witness what these police do, the better. So the cops, uh, they taunted her because she had a leg wound that uh, she'd received earlier in the day. What I would have uh, liked to have seen shown up is, uh, you know, I mean, if, if she's got a friend who's a lawyer or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, whatever conversation she had with these people was too much conversation. Sure. And uh, so here's the rest of the story. She's got her rifle with her because she was at the shooting range earlier in the day. Lieutenant Iberger searched Nancy's vehicle. This is according to her attorneys at MirthaLawFirm.com. So she, again, the lieutenant searched her vehicle without her consent and came across her unloaded rifle, which Nancy was legally carrying in a locked case, by the way. Now, some people want to throw up their arms at this point and say, what does she want? She She brought a rifle to the airport, but I'd like to remind everyone that it's perfectly legal to drive around with an unloaded rifle in your car. Yes, really. And Nancy didn't enter the airport. She was parked alongside a public roadway. It's important to remember that no matter how you feel about firearms, nothing that Nancy did violated any laws. Using force, Lieutenant Iberger pushed Nancy when she objected to the seizure of her rifle. Deputy Carlock ta- uh, taunted Nancy, asking in a b- disparaging tone, You're a real right-winger, aren't you? And stating in words or substance that she was never going to see her rifle again. During the remainder of the six hours that Nancy was forcibly detained on the side of the road, she was taunted, verbally harangued, threatened, belittled, abused, humiliated, and harassed by members of the Suffolk County Sheriff's Office. For example, Deputy Carlock repeatedly referred to Nancy as a right-winger and a tea-bagger and threatened that they were going to arrest her for terrorism to make an example to, uh, of her to other tea-baggers and right-wingers. Around midnight, officials from the airport and federal law enforcement agencies determined that Nancy posed no terrorist or other security threat. Once most of the other law enforcement officials left the scene, Deputy Carlock ordered Nancy to be handcuffed by another member of the sheriff's office. Before being placed in handcuffs, Nancy attempted to give her purse containing her wallet and cell phone to her sons. Her wallet contained approximately $13,000 in cash. 
money that she was holding to pay tuition that day for her son's college and her daughter's Catholic school tuition. Mm. Deputy Carlock refused to allow her sons to take the bag and ordered her to leave it on the front seat of her unlocked vehicle, even after being informed of the value of its contents. Well, Which, yeah, that he was risky. Care. It was risky to tell that cop anything about what was in that yeah, bag. Yeah, you not tell them that. Uh, so when Nancy's sons objected, Carluck threatened to arrest them if they touched it and order them to leave the scene. Not knowing what to do, they left. When Nancy's sons responded to a call for, uh, from the sheriff's office in the early morning hours to pick up their mother's vehicle from the roadside, they found... The bag was gone. Oh, not quite. It was actually there, but $5,300 had gone missing. Now, how do you how do you deal with that situation? Hmm? Because you've got no way to claim that uh, there was really thirteen thousand dollars. Carlock took their money. Yeah, I mean that's all there is to it. These people took their money, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing no. that you can do. It it's wasn't gone. there. <laughs> you know, as far as as far as it wasn't there. The money was, of course, never returned. In addition, the contents of the glove compartment box was missing, and there was damage to the body of the car, particularly around the trunk. And, you know, they don't have they, – they didn't have the Freedom Cam uh, at freedomcam.net in their car, so they don't have audio of this uh, occurring, the, the uh, police officer ordering them to leave the scene and not take the purse. I mean, right. obviously it stands to reason that that's what happened, because – why would these kids leave that purse? Why would the mother let that happen? You know, why why would they come to support their mom and then just leave before she gave up her purse? I mean, I know things are bad here in New Hampshire, but they're not as bad as in some of these other places around the, the country. There's a situation where Rich Paul, one of the activists, was being arrested in Central Square, and uh, he had a backpack, uh, which... It had his gun in it, uh, and he didn't want the police to take that with him when he was being arrested. Doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, So he actually – I had showed up on the scene responding fairly quickly due to our – we've got some really good communications methods here in in this movement because we've got activists. So therefore, if you've got activists, you can have good communications. And I responded to a text message when he was getting arrested, was there within 10 minutes. So by the time he was being put into the car, he tells me about this bag. And uh, ask if I can take that uh, away for him. And the officer in, in that situation allowed me to do that. So uh, Thank um, goodness. Yeah, it could have made things a little more complicated for him had that uh, bag been taken. Anyway, back to Nancy's story. Around midnight, her sons were ordered to, excuse me, after her sons were ordered to leave upon threat of arrest, Nancy was transported to the Suffolk County Jail in handcuffs. While in a holding cell, Deputy Carlock continued to verbally harass Nancy, telling her... This guy's a real nice guy, according to him from the story. Telling her, you will pay, and admitting that they had nothing to charge her with, but that he'd find something in order to teach all right-wingers... It sounds like she was sassy to him. Maybe. Maybe she thought she had rights. Well, you know. Find something in order to teach all right wingers and teabaggers a lesson. While in her holding cell, Nancy, by the way, I, you know, I'm not a teabagger or right winger or anything like that, but I care about people's rights, whether they're right or left or, you know, up and down or whoever they are. I care about people's rights, and I don't want to see people have their freedoms violated, whatever those freedoms are. And this, this woman was just absolutely abused by these Agreed. people. Uh, he says that he's going to find something to charge her with. While holding her, or while in her holding cell, she was interrogated again uh, by Suffolk County Under Sheriff Kara Kappa. And without- I would, I would wager that this lady wouldn't have gone to jail at all if she had refused to speak to the police. There's always a good chance. Uh, the more you talk, the more likely you're now gonna she end ended up, in up hiring a, an attorney anyway. And you know, <laughs> look, as soon as they start asking questions, officer, are you conducting an investigation? That's right. 
If they're conducting an investigation, you don't answer any questions. You don't have to answer any questions right. generally at if, all. If you they... have any questions, please direct them to my attorney. Under Sheriff Karakapa uh, had not warned her to her rights. Her request to speak to a lawyer were ignored. Following her interrogation, the undersheriff informed her she was being arrested and charged with terrorism. At this Terrorism. Point, Nancy requested medical treatment for her bleeding and painful left leg. After several requests and several hours later, she was finally taken to the Bay Medical Center by male members of the sheriff's office and handcuffed to a bed. A sonogram was performed on her left leg from her ankle to her inner groin, requiring her to disrobe. Despite her and her doctor's request for them to turn away, the two male deputies insisted on staring at Nancy while she disrobed, further humiliating her. She was prescribed antibiotics and discharged back to the county jail with instructions on proper care for her leg wound. Once back at the jail, the county sheriffs denied her access to her antibiotics and denied her proper care of her leg wound. Now, Mark, as somebody who spent nine years in prison, uh, does this sound possible to you? Does it that sound the, possible that, that the it sheriffs could happen? would be denying uh, this woman her medication? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. There's some sick, sadistic people that work at, uh, at I, these jails and prisons. I think a lot of times they, um, you know, in some cases they want to punish. Um, if that's what, uh, you know, they have the opportunity to do that, they want to punish you. Well, for they did. She whatever. got herself a staph infection. Yeah. And uh, in other instances, they're busy doing other things or, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're understaffed. Well, that's what they or, say. Yeah, you know, just don't feel like doing it, whatever. A lot of times they'll say they're uh, busy and they'll go sit down at their desk for a while. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, some you can imagine you as a free person, uh, as a as a jailer. Why in the world do you want to respond to a bunch of convicts' orders? You know, get up and get me some toilet paper. Now I need some acetaminophen. Now right. I need this. Now I need that. I mean, you know, you feel like a nursemaid pretty soon. I can understand how they feel, but this lady shouldn't have been in jail in the first place. The following morning, she was briefly questioned at the Suffolk County Jail by two FBI agents. We will continue with Nancy's odyssey. Here in a few moments. All of this because she took photos of a helicopter husk at a public place outside of a public airport. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free lines. Does this sound like freedom to you? It's Free Talk Live. The liberty movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first-ever Zoe Taylor Award. Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at silvercirclemovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free as we launch here into the second hour of the program. The program being Free Talk Live. You can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. And here with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. one 450 free 855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots of stuff all there free. The other shows in the 
radio industry, a lot of them want to charge you for their websites. We do it free, so enjoy at freetalklive.com. So for those of you just tuning in, we're bringing you the story of Nancy, uh, excuse me, Nancy Genovese. Uh, this is according to MyrthaLawFirm.com, uh, who I believe are her attorneys. They're telling her story of what happened when Nancy, who's... Yeah, she's probably kind of more of a right-wing lady. It sounds like from the description of uh, what she was doing with her day. She was at rifle range uh, shooting earlier in the day. She did injure herself somehow uh, earlier. She injured her leg. It, uh, she hadn't had it, I guess, properly wrapped. It was bleeding. Uh, she had stopped on her way to, uh, to going somewhere to, uh, by the airport where there was a helicopter husk on display, kind of a monument uh, sort of display. And it's in a public place, public airport, public road. She pulls over, pulls out her camera and... Uh, start snapping photos of this because she's got to support our troops page on her website somewhere that she wanted to add these photos to. So she's one of these, yeah, go country kind of ladies. Mm-hmm. And then she found out what her country is really all about, which is a total police state. So when the police came up, uh, one police officer, Lieutenant Iberger, or Iberger, uh, shows up and begins harassing her. That's Iberson. No, Iber- I believe it was uh, Iberger. Okay. And so uh, let's see, it was Robert Iberger, yes. So he harasses her, uh, threatens her with terrorism, calls out uh, a number of other police officers, including the FBI, Department of Homeland Security. A bunch of cops come out, uh, sheriff's officers. They come out, they taunt her because she's got a bleeding leg. They're they're calling her names like Teabagger. They're telling her they're going to get her for terrorism charges. I mean, lots of intimidation tactics going on. She had a purse with a bunch of money in it she was going to take to, I guess, pay some of her kids' schooling costs. Because she's got some older uh, teenage, like 18, 20-year-old sons. So she was going to uh, go in and pay some schooling costs. And they forced her to leave her purse in her unlocked car as they took her away to jail after six, five to six hours of questioning on the side of the road without allowing her to go to the bathroom or have anything to eat or drink. Uh, which is, you know, it's a pretty difficult situation to be in. Yeah, that's going to affect the answers to whatever questions you uh, they might ask. And so the, they left the car unlocked. When her sons were finally able to return to the car uh, later on, they found that about half of the $13,000 had gone mysteriously missing mm. in that period of time. And uh, Nancy was taken to jail where she was uh, taken to a, a medical facility for uh, some uh, her bleeding that she had. And during that time, deputies insisted on staring at her while she disrobed in the hospital room. Uh, they then took her antibiotics from her when they brought her back to the jail. The following morning, she was briefly questioned by two FBI agents. No federal complaints or charges were ever brought against Nancy. That same day, she was transported in handcuffs and ankle shackles with no regard for her ankle wound to the Southampton to, uh, Justice Town Court. The driver drove fast and recklessly, intentionally making abrupt turns and laughing. This caused Nancy, who is not secured <laughs> by quite a seat. Quite a, uh, a department. It's not uncommon, this uh, sort of stuff. I've heard about uh, guys driving those uh, vans in crazy ways. One of the guys uh, who was in a, it, was, I think it was Kurt Hoffman a few years ago, was actually, get, they got into a car wreck because they were driving so crazy with him in that van. Mm. And he hurt himself because, again, they, don't tend, they tend to not buckle you in uh, in these vans. Right. So she's being thrown all around as this maniac is uh, driving, careening down the streets. Uh, instead, she was restrained with her hands cuffed behind her and her ankles cuffed together so she could roll about in the back of the vehicle, further exacerbating her leg injury. When she requested the deputies sh- uh, secured her with a seatbelt, they laughed at her, and the driver continued to recklessly swerve around. Nancy Genovese was brought into the courthouse in handcuffs and leg restraints, was violently pushed through the door by the deputy sheriffs. This added to her humiliation, particularly since Nancy knew some of the courthouse employees and other people who were present. Both before and after arriving at the courthouse, she repeatedly requested to speak with an attorney, and all of her requests were ignored. 
Despite never setting foot on the airport property, Nancy was arraigned on a single misdemeanor charge of criminal trespass in the third degree. She was assigned a legal aid attorney by the judge. And under- now, they had said previously, uh, the, the night before, that she was being arrested for being a terrorist. Terrorism. So now they've got her for uh, criminal trespass in the third degree? Mm-hmm. Under Sheriff Kara Kappa and Deputy Carlock, who had not treated her well previously, intentionally lied to the judge about the circumstances surrounding her arrest, including that she was a terrorist and she had surveillance equipment in her car. The judge then set bail in the amount of $50,000. Well, Do- they, they can call anybody they want a terrorist because it doesn't mean anything necessarily. One one who attempts to rule by terror, one who te- attempts to coerce by terror. Well, it means something when you've got to make probable cause to a man in a robe who then gets to arbitrarily set a number, an amount of dollars to keep that person or not in a cell. And she does have surveillance equipment in her car. She had a camera, but I mean, you know, what does that mean? Due to the excessive amount of bail, Nancy's children needed more time to come up with the money, so Nancy was returned to the jail. The legal aid attorney assigned to Nancy spoke with the deputy and the undersheriff due to the conversation directly afterwards informed Nancy that he was no longer her attorney and that he was going to ask the court to place her on suicide watch. Once back at the jail, Nancy was processed, including being issued prison greens to wear, and was photographed, fingerprinted, and eye scanned. Members of the boy, that's creepy. Eye scanned. Yeah, they don't do that up here yet. Never heard of that. Members of the Suffolk County Sheriff's Department continually verbally harassed Nancy. A woman in civilian clothes then interviewed her. She told Nancy she was going to be placed in general population. During the interview, two men wearing the uh, Suffolk County Emergency Response Team jackets entered the room. I can't believe anybody takes this seriously. At this county jail, I can't believe anybody's taking this mom as a terrorist seriously. She was photographing a helicopter husk, Mark. She could be out uh, for blood. They put the helicopter husk out there so people would be looking at at it. It was an interesting showpiece. What a surprise. Surprise, surprise. They're going to the pile. (laughs) Somebody wanted to take a picture of the helicopter you put out there because the people look at it i mean this is insane yes it is one of them removed nancy from the room and held I mean, her these the are, they're thieves they took this woman's money yep. and they're hassling her in order to make it look they're good. just the biggest gang in america that's all that's all they are they just have a really good pr scheme going on to make you think that there's something other than a criminal gang something other than the most organized criminal enterprise known to mankind but let's continue. Again, the emergency response team entered the room after this interview, or excuse me, during the interview. One of them removed Nancy from the room and held her in the hallway The outside. emergency response team, we should make that clear, this is the SWAT team. I mean, right. they must have come in. They must have come in in some kind of, I mean, a, a god, I can't imagine what it was like to have them come in the room. Uh, so they come in, they then hold her outside in the hallway outside of the interview room. Interview room. From there, she heard, uh, Nancy heard the woman who'd interviewed her arguing with the other man, saying that she is not suicidal, despite the woman's protest. She's suicidal. She's going to have to go in the suicide cell, buck naked, and not have nothing to, to wear. Right. I can tell she's suicidal. We wouldn't want to put her in population where she'd actually have human contact. Uh, Nancy was physically moved by the two men wearing the jackets to another room. There, another woman who identified herself as a nurse administered, without Nancy's consent, two injections into Nancy's arm. One of the men held her head down so that she held her head so she could not see what was being done, while the other man held Nancy's arm down. Despite her demands to know what they were doing, no one answered her. She experienced bruising and swelling in her neck and arm long after she was released from custody. I find this, you know, this kind of invasiveness to be the the very worst of all this. Um, you know. The- the idea of just giving someone injections, it's spooky to me that mm. they could just do whatever they want with your body they in this you, way. Man. 
they're they're just you know they could be putting anything in this woman. Yep. Uh, lots of people have lots of issues, whether uh, you know uh, philosophical or religious. They don't want to take p- particular stuff. I don't want your you know, vaccines or whatever you're giving. I had a vaccine one time that made me very, very, twice that made me very, very ill. And I'm not interested in it. Who knows, man? Maybe they put some sort of RFID in her bloodstream. I mean, who knows what they could be putting in you? It's hard to say. Nancy was then escorted by the two men into a cell area where she was forced to disrobe and put on a suicide gown consisting of a heavy jacket-type blanket that fastens around the body with Velcro. Nancy was not permitted to wear undergarments under the blanket, just like you said, Mark. Nancy was required to wear this same suicide gown for the next several days. After three days, Nancy was evaluated by a psychiatrist who determined her to be of sound and stable mind and immediately removed her from suicide watch. Later that day, bail was posted and Nancy was able to go home. Subsequently, all of the charges against Nancy were dismissed. Eight five five. She's still out fifty free, fifty three hundred dollars or something like that, and, and had several this, days of her life. Terrible event happened to her. And there's a little bit more. We'll share you the rest of her story here in moments. Eight five five. Share with you. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. This could happen to you or your mother. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. And we also want to invite you to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's coming up here in less than a month. We will be live at the Porcupine Freedom Festival every single night. In fact, more nights than last year uh because mark you and stephanie are going up early on <laughs> now the with an extra night right uh the sunday night prior to the beginning of Porkfest. so it starts on the 18th of june it goes through the 24th so on the 17th you guys are actually going to be there for a special early pre-porkfest uh edition of free talk live and it is pre-porkfest yes uh, and i imagine there are going to be enough hardcores like Porkfest is an all-week-long camping uh, liberty extravaganza, and I imagine there will be people there on Sunday night uh, that you'll be able to socialize with. It's and, so awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, social. it's nice to, to talk to people. I, that's what I like the best about Porkfest. I didn't realize we were going to have this long conversation about Porkfest, but I, this is the thing that I really like the best about it, is the early days. Mm. When you're talking about Friday, Saturday, those days are just, there's so many people. And they're packed with things to do. And there's, and, and it's, stuff to do all week long it's, it's not as like the early days nowadays like back in the beginning free talk live used to just go thursday friday saturday and that was it and then i think it was last year we went for the first full week was last year our first full week? i don't know i don't recall i think so and no, I think that we. It's, it's hard to remember Porkfest sometimes <laughs> uh i think we were there for full weeks for full weeks before that but anyway uh so we were I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. Back in the uh, several years ago, the early days were real slow. Like it was only the hardcore people that would come up and it was like real quiet camping experience for the first few days. And then it would ramp up toward the weekend. But last year it was rocking on, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night. It was pretty busy. Uh, so I've, I expect the same thing's going to happen this year. It's going to be pretty busy all week long. Well, 
you know, to me, there's there's a few hundred people there, maybe on the first uh, first day or something like that. Maybe a hundred to few hundred people there, mm-hmm. and that's enough people that you get a chance to talk to folks and really interact and that kind of thing. There are going to be more than a thousand people there on probably. Friday and Saturday. So, if last year's any indicator, that's probably a, a decent prediction. Anyway, you could still get your registration in now. It's not too late. You can go to porkfest.com, p o r c f e s t.com. Uh, get registered for 35 bucks for the entire week. Contact Rogers Campground. The details are there at porkfest.com to get your camp uh, campground reserved. It's still not too late. You want to get out there. You don't want to be paying the day of or trying to cross your fingers and hope you can just show up and get a campsite uh, that day. You want to go ahead and lock it in uh, while you still can at porkfest.com, p o r c f e s t.com. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. We are going to continue with the remainder of Nancy Genovese's story. It's been a lengthy one, but one worth hearing. One that everybody who still thinks that they live in a free country really needs to know about. And this is according to her law firm, MirthaLawFirm.com. Mother of three arrested, threatened with terrorism, uh, terrorism-related charges, ends up being charged with trespass. All the charges are dropped after several days in a suicide watch cell wearing nothing but a suicide coat and being completely separated from any sort of jail population being treated like dirt by the uh, the corrections officers by the sheriff's officers by the the lieutenant that originally harassed her and threatened her all of this for taking pictures her money stolen too right had thousands of dollars stolen from her car by allegedly by the sheriff's office all of this i think is probably the proper term because she took pictures in a public place of something that is viewable by the public is a helicopter, a husk of a helicopter, on display outside of a local airport. It's nuts. She was threatened over this. And, of course, as you pointed out, Mark, people have been threatened for taking pictures of buildings. People have been threatened for taking pictures of the police. People have been threatened for taking pictures of all kinds of things, video, photographs. If you've got a camera in your hand of some sort, you are a potential terrorist, at least according to these police officers. So, finally, her bail was posted she was then later or later charges were dismissed against her so she never ended up going to trial for the alleged trespassing charge which how could she have she was on public property upon nancy's release under sheriff caracapa issued a press release in response to media inquiries titled armed woman arrested for trespassing at suffolk county gabreski airport which falsely stated that nancy had been taking pictures of the airport and the surrounding security and that she became hysterical and began screaming and flailing around when confronted under Sheriff Caracapa also falsely reported that Nancy had surveillance equipment, 500 rounds of ammunition, and scary weapons, that's in quotes, in her car, and that she was a right-wing extremist and terrorist, and that she'd been at the airport trespassing several times and had been warned to stay away. Upon further inquiry, it fa- uh, turns out... Well, then they out- should have... Uh, <laughs> so then they've... If this isn't true, and I really think that he's a fool for having written this down if it's not true, and I don't know... But if this isn't true, then they should be able to cite these instances where she's, you know, like they, they've got this, they've got documentation of her being asked to leave previously from the airport. You would think, but upon further inquiry, it turns out that Nancy had never trespassed at the airport before, had never been warned by anyone to stay away. This, and- this police officer's a fool. He's an absolute fool, and his department is going to end up having to pay for this woman's uh, court costs and her lost money. I, I mean, I, I, the, frankly, these uh, these officers that hassled, hassled her, the what was the one guy's name? Carlisle. Caracapa. No, there's another uh, one. Carlock, excuse me. Yep. Carlock and uh, Osterberger, or whatever his name is. These people should be fired. 
I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Mark, they're just doing their jobs. They're trying to protect the uh, the people from terrorists. Yeah, people from protect people from taking pictures of uh, tourist items. She had no surveillance equipment of any kind other than her point-and-shoot camera and certainly was not a terrorist. Under Sheriff Caracapa has refused to issue a retraction or correction. Nancy Good. has since filed a federal lawsuit seeking up to $70 million from the town of Southampton, County of Suffolk, Lieutenant Iberger, Under Sheriff Caracapa, Deputy Carlock. I uh, think that these others. guys might actually might. They, they sound to me like they've, they're going to be personally liable. Because they have violated her civil rights. Once, she, once they violated her civil rights, then they're personally liable. And I think that that might be this, the circumstance. We might be, see something really good out of this one. All of the alleged facts discussed in the article have been taken directly from court documents filed in this case. Nancy was on public property the entire time. At no time did she trespass onto airport property, which is why that charge was dismissed. And uh, they actually include here a Google Maps view of the actual uh, helicopter that is on display publicly. Although uh, Under Sheriff Caracapa released that statement uh, saying that she was previously spotted around the airport, Nancy says she was never warned to stay away. And not a single person can verify the man's claim, the sheriff's uh, claim. Yet to some, Nancy's claims seem far-fetched and outrageous. And that's just because those people who think she's making this crap up, they just haven't been paying attention. If this is your first encounter, this story, maybe you've just tuned into Free Talk Live for the first time tonight and you've never heard anything like this, I can tell you that Nancy's experience is not unusual. Many I- photographers are threatened. Many photographers have been arrested. Many people have been intimidated by these police. She is just, what she's had happen to her has happened to all kinds of people. Innocent people. If you don't, I mean, anybody's going to say that sometimes people act unreasonably and irrationally. Anybody who says that police officers do not act sometimes unreasonably and irrationally is somebody who's acting irrationally. Because you then believe that police officers are incapable of human uh, behavior when they're human. Right. And of course, uh, we also find that humans tend to uh, aggregate power to themselves. They're interested in that. When they get power, uh, it tends to corrupt them. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. News updates are there. You can get signed up. Follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. News.freetalklive.com. Go get signed up there, and uh, you can follow us via your preference. Once again, news.freetalklive.com. Plus, if you're looking for some great coffee, Mark, you've got a recommendation. That's right. Just go to coffee.freetalklive.com. We've teamed up with O'Neill Coffee in order to uh, to bring some really great rates to our listeners on Gourmet Coffee. O'Neill Coffee is a third-generation family-owned business. They still roast each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. 
They've got more than 40 different varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees there. So, you know, I, I like the French Rose Decaf, but you can get whatever flavor you like. I also had the, the House Blend, but it was, you know, great. It's the kind of cup of coffee America was built on, that kind of uh, cup of coffee. We had some here at the studios, and people enjoyed them, the ones with caffeine in it, so I didn't try any of those. But uh, the two I had were awesome, some of the best coffee I've ever tasted in my life. And to show the Free Talk Live audience their commitment to freedom and making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of $75 or more. You can support great coffee craftsmanship at coffee.freetalklive.com. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Doug, listening in Manchester, New Hampshire. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey guys. Hey. Uh, I'm uh, 100% libertarian, but every half hour you're letting something go, like uh, first you're taking pictures, then they found a rifle, then 13000 cash, then uh, 500 bullets. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. It's, it, probably none of it's illegal. But uh, it's like somebody is testing a defense or something like the Cato Institute or ACLU. I mean, this is textbook almost. What's textbook? Like everything's right on the line of the law. It's like almost a counter. She's driving home from uh, from a shooting a day at the the range. I mean, what's the big deal? No, it's uh, I'm I'm a libertarian. I'm just right. saying. If there's a line, the way it all went. It's sure. It's almost to show. Like, to show the nation, I mean, it's almost like it was put on to say this well, is what our rights are. That's It's it's an assumption, right? But you've got to consider that there are 300, 300 million people in the United States, and yep. each of each one of them does different things during the day. So you have these, these hundreds of millions, if not billions of sets of uh, circumstances, billions of Situations, sets of circumstances. Yep. So, one of those circumstances yeah. is going to be right on the line. And this is that circumstance. I, I guess you can call it right on the line. I frankly don't see um, you know, this woman as being right on the line. But okay, I mean, you know, if, if this is your line, then fine. Uh, it's right on the line. But, you know, th- with billions of possibilities, you're going to win the lottery sometime. Oh, of course. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. But what I was trying to get at was, yeah, the odds are there. But, I mean, it's like to go next to an airport these days, you got to be dumber than a box of rocks. She says she's all pro-war and all that. I'll buy that. But... Uh, well, I don't know if I agree. I, know, I mean, I she's mean, she pulls she, she wasn't in the airport. Food or anything? I mean, what? I don't I don't agree that, with you. You'd have to be dumb to go and photograph something in a public place outside of an airport. I, I don't think that's well, a dumb we don't thing. In America, I guess they don't know that. I mean, it's not what we think. You go next to an airport with a gun. I mean, you're a terrorist. That's how they look at it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm. You gotta stay away. You know, I'm thinking about this airport that I live near, and there's a major road that goes by it, and if they had some kind of display item there and you wanted to take a picture of it, you pull off to the side of the road. You happen to have a gun locked lots in your Lots of people trunk. have guns in New Hampshire. Yeah, I just, I, you know, the lots of people I know drive, away, drive around with guns in their cars constantly. Uh, I mean, I imagine oh. they take them out to go to the airport, but I don't even know that, I don't even, I don't even know what the rules are going to, to, to an airport with a gun. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it illegal to have a gun in your trunk locked at the airport? I can imagine there's it would a news be. story every couple of months of somebody who went to New York City and told some police officer, "Hey, where do I check my pistol?" I mean, you know, oh, you know. Bad news, Doug. I get where you're coming from. You think the the whole deal was a setup, but it seems very unlikely. Uh, I mean, this it would be for the good, though. 
I see what you're saying. Yeah, if this woman wins uh, her $70 million federal lawsuit, it'll certainly be good for her. And uh, hopefully that'll help with whatever trauma she had experienced by literally having her entire worldview thrown into a, into a bit of a tizzy. Doug, anything call. else you want to share tonight? No, thank Thanks you. Thanks for the call, sir. Thank you, sir. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, of course, talking about the mother of three who was harassed for taking pictures of a helicopter husk in a public place uh, outside of, uh, of an airport. Just absolutely harrowing, uh, the experience uh, that, she, that she went through. And I think it's important to share the story because, first of all, I don't think it was a setup either. I mean, come on. What are the, what are the odds that you would know that you can't know for sure that anyone's going to notice you taking pictures of the helicopter and then the police are actually going to respond to you taking pictures of the uh, the helicopter. I mean, the, there's so many big question marks in it there. It seems that, as innocent as it could be to me. I'm, I, yeah. you know, I mean, I've heard of people doing lots dumber things. Right. And, and, and why, you know, if it were a setup, uh, would they have chosen a woman who is particularly pro-military and pro, I mean, obviously pro-state? Uh, by her perspective, well, to, the, to the caller this. wasn't it was suggesting that my, that might be a ruse too. So you know, I, I don't know. Seems preposterous. Okay. Seems paranoid. Uh, but something you don't need. That something that is not paranoia is uh, a concern that you might have over drones uh, flying about in the sky. Since we're talking about airports, since we're talking about terrorism, well, it's not going to be too long before drones start buzzing about in the skies near your city. They've already been doing it in the Chicago area. As many as 40 miles away from Chicago, drones have been spotted over the last week for in preparation for this past weekend's NATO uh, uh, summit. You wouldn't think they'd need to, uh, you know, that kind of turning radius, but maybe they do. Or maybe they're just flying wherever they want to because well, they for- can. 40 miles away from... Uh, Chicago land's expansive, but 40 miles away, you're talking... That's you're, pretty far. You're, you're, you're out in the cornfields. According to a CBS local in D.C., with the use of domestic drones increasing, concern has not just come up over privacy issues, but also over the potential use of lethal force by the unmanned aircraft. I mean, you didn't think it was going to take that long, did you? Before the drones, or after the drones come out, that, you know, what was the question mark was going to be? Well, how long until the first drone is armed? How long? So are we talking about predator drones? You're talking about like helicopter drones here. I am not certain. I don't know the different model numbers here. They do show a photo of a quadricopter drone equipped with a camera. So now that Um, that could pop somebody. And I've seen, I think I've, yeah, I've seen video of that happening. So I don't know which drones we're talking about here, Mark. uh, Yeah, the the, copters make sense. The predator drone, the only thing you can really do with that is drop a a missile. And that's not an appropriate kind of thing. When you were saying drones, I was imagining the predator drone. But you could use the quadricopter, sure. You know, fly in through some opening or something like that. And, you know, Drones have been used overseas to target and kill high-level terror leaders and are also being used along the U.S.-Mexican border in the so-called battle against illegal immigration. But now these drones are starting to be used domestically at an increasing rate. The FAA has allowed several police departments to use drones across the U.S. They're controlled from a remote location and use infrared sensors and high-resolution cameras. And already... Chief Deputy Randy McDaniel of the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office in Texas told the Daily that his department is considering using rubber bullets and tear gas on its drone. He says that those are things that law enforcement utilizes day in and day out and in certain situations. I don't think that rubber that law enforcement uses rubber bullets day in and day out. Apparently I think you don't they live should in Montgomery use, County. They should use rubber bullets day in and day out. I mean, they use real bullets far more often. Well, they're, they're just, you know, 
it's going to be a little while before they put real bullets in these things, but it's only just another matter of time. Not they're if they're, if they're putting rubber, rubber bullets, bullets in it, it takes nothing to put real bullets That's in it. That's what I'm saying. It's just a matter of time. It's just ammunition. McDaniel told the Daily that uh, these are things that we use day in and day out in certain situations. It might be advantageous to have this kind of system on the UAV, that is the unmanned aerial vehicle. The use of potential force from drones has raised the ire of the American Civil Liberties Union, but will they be able to stop it? Come on. Seems unlikely. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about drones armed coming soon to the skies near you. 855-450-3733. If your local police department gets their hands on one of these things, set the clock. It's only a matter of time. More coming up. Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Inviting you at freetalklive.com to support the show if you'd like. Go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in three bucks a month and we will invest that into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country. In fact, we'll be announcing a new station. Technically, we can announce it at this point. I just haven't gotten around to putting it on the website yet. KXLE in Ellensburg, Washington is our newest Sunday night affiliate. Uh, they're taking the show live on Sundays, which actually means it's Sunday afternoons where they are because they're in Washington. That's right. Uh, but they'll be having you and Stephanie on uh, every week, which great. is great. And it's being made possible by listeners like you who become Free Talk Live amplifiers. And you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only podcast, and more. Go get the details and get signed up using any major credit card via your PayPal account or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Amp.freetalklive.com. Get the perks, enjoy, and help Free Talk Live get on more stations. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As uh, we will continue here, still to come, Mark, you're going to tell us about a man, I believe it was a man, who was ticketed for saving his son. That's right. Ticketed by the police for saving his son's life. Uh, we will get to that story here in a few moments. But I realized that last night I was talking briefly at the beginning of the show about Joe Biden, who had come to visit uh, Keene, New Hampshire yesterday, making national news as he was, I guess, stumping, as they call it, for the Obama campaign and uh, this 2012 election. And this was one of their campaign stops. They went to the Keene State College here in town. It was supposed to be a... Does that suggest that Joe Biden is going to be acting like a stump? I, I, is that a joke? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Uh, they say the stumps are dumb. Got it. And, yeah, and of course, poor Joe always gets the, the butts of those jokes. He seems to uh, seems to put his foot in his mouth on a pretty regular basis. I really don't know much about the guy. I just know he's a scumbag politician, just like every other politician in Washington, D.C., except for Ron Paul. Well, I'm not going to propose to know the guy or how he acts. But Yeah, he just seems like a scumbag to me. I mean, we saw him speak at some uh, radio convention a few years ago, what, like five years ago or something like that. And he didn't seem like anything else besides just a typical dirtbag politician to me. 
they come off differently to you? Uh, I, I was just amused by the the, the, the speech. Amused, not in like a ha-ha funny kind of way. <laughs> well, it was a ha-ha funny because he's, at the end of his speech, he stands up, raises his arms aloft for the applause. I mean, this is a room of talk show hosts. Read Republicans. Nobody clapped for him. It was like a smattering of applause here and there. Uh, it was it was hilarious. I mean, I, I, he expected applause and got nothing. So you're not saying he was funny because uh, like he'd written jokes. He, he is not a comedian. No. So this guy was showing up in Keene uh, the other day, and I talked yesterday about the ludicrous uh, behavior of the Keene police ordering us to uh, move move from the median or move to the median from the roundabout, then move from the median to the side of the road, and there right. was just some shenanigans there. But there was a little bit more, including uh, the security measures that these guys had up. And it was a huge convoy of cars that brought this guy in, 17, according to one count. 17 uh, cars for the vice president to travel around. Yeah, they, br- they brought in pretty much every... Uh, probably every single state trooper that was on duty in at least the western half of uh, New Hampshire. Yeah, there. So you were, could speed anywhere in New Hampshire. Yeah, pretty much. The behavior a, that would have been otherwise been dangerous if they caught you and gave you a ticket for it is now not considered dangerous enough to have anybody on duty to take care of. It would otherwise have been a good day to rob a bank because pretty much every cop in the entire vicinity was at the Keene State College campus or thereabouts. I don't think you want to rob the bank too close to the the Keene State College campus. No doubt, but my point being that uh, everyone in law enforcement was involved in this, it seemed at least. I guess what you're saying is that any bank robbers that are listening, if the president or vice president go anywhere, that that that's the place to case out a bank for? Response time is going to be limited wherever it is that uh, the police are taking care of the important politicians. At least they're keeping us safe. And uh, no, well, they weren't really even keeping Joe Biden safe because uh, what I wanted to tell you about here was my experience of being there. I was there all all, all morning. At uh, 10.30, uh, Dave Ridley came and picked me up. We went there together. Dave Ridley, of course, from RidleyReport.com. He's already been posting some raw video uh, that he took from this particular event, uh, including video of uh, Kelly Voluntarist and Graham Freeman being kicked out of uh, the campus. Uh, we, you, know, you can see that over at Freekeen.com. So I'm standing there holding my uh, feds out of NH secede now sign, which is my favorite sign to bring out anytime some federal person is is in the area. Right. Because I don't want to I don't want to be seen as partisan. I mean, I think all politicians are scumbags. So I mean, I don't want to have some sort of anti Biden sign. Then people are going to think I'm a Republican. So I have a secession sign out there, and 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 I was out on the side of uh, Main Street for quite a while for a couple hours. Then I went down uh, the street that that actually goes through the college. And uh, was standing out by the uh, the parking lot. Now, of course, I've been banned from the college, so I'm not allowed to go off of the sidewalk and take a step toward the school, or I will be arrested by the plethora of keen police officers that are uh, in the immediate vicinity. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm you know chatting a little bit with uh, the occasional cop, uh, you know, being friendly. And then this uh, suited guy comes up and starts talking to Keene police. And I, I of course, walk over because I'm curious as to what's going on. And this is uh, one of the Secret Service agents. They have a little star lapel, some sort of pin on their lapel. Some indication. Yeah, basically identifies them uh, as being a Secret Service agent. And so I started to – I said hello to the Secret Service agent when he approached me and asked me to go into the parking lot. And I told him – he asks me. He didn't order me. He asked me to go into the parking lot. And I told him, well, I, uh, I'm afraid I can't do that or else this man, point at the cop, will arrest me. And he looked bewildered at me. He couldn't understand why that, uh, that would be. He was like, well, we've determined that it's fine for, uh, for you people, meaning protester types, uh, to be in the, the parking lot. 
Like, well, I can't do that. I've got a trespass order against me. So I think I'll be fine right here. And even if I didn't have a trespass order against me, had I wanted to stay where I was, and I, I wanted to, uh, I would have Yeah, I would just have because you're told to go elsewhere. Right. I would have gone ahead and, and That's stayed. the kind of guy you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and remember, he didn't tell me. And he made it very clear that he was just asking me to go over there. I was like, oh, no, I appreciate, I appreciate you just asking. And I'll be fine right here. Thank you very much. And so he kind of went away, and you know, we exchanged names. And at first, he didn't want to tell me his name, and he, so he asked me my name, and I told him I'm Ian. And then he, and then I got him to tell me his, his name was like Bob or something. And so he goes back over and, and talks to some of his police buddies. Well, while this is happening, there's a dude with a dog, a, which presumably is a bomb sniffing dog. Uh, because they're not going to be sniffing for drugs. They're not going to be sniffing for bodies. There are only really three types of uh, police dogs. So they have a bomb-sniffing dog that they're walking up and down this particular street, which is an entry street into the, the college. So this is, clearly is going to be the street upon which the vice president will be turning in the motorcade. Right? That's why they're running the bomb-sniffing dog up and down it. That's why this uh, this suited agent has come out and has started discussing things with the, the Keene police. Activity had started happening here. And so I, you know, I kind of figured, all right, this is going to be where the, the motorcade comes in. Turns out I was right. The, the motorcade did come in that direction. They came down the street. They started turning into this particular street. And I'm just standing there right on the corner with my sign the whole time. I've got my camera out recording this incredibly lengthy motorcade. And actually Ridley got some more footage of it that uh, over on his YouTube channel. I think it's youtube.com slash Ridley Report. And, of course, uh, Biden's uh, limo goes by at some point. There's a couple limos. Again, a bunch of state police, a bunch of uh, black SUVs, all kinds of folk. Uh, even an ambulance uh, was in this uh, this motorcade. And Biden rides right by. He's looking out his window, looking straight at me as uh, as he as, you know rides past. Did he remember you? Uh, no, <laughs> I've never met him before. Well, you saw the speech. Uh, nor would I want to meet him. He's a politician. He was grabbing people's hands on the way out of the uh, the, the luncheon that we were at. Was he? At. I don't think yeah. I would have touched him. I, I did. I remember that much. You touched him? I, he grabbed my hand oh, and shook I it. <laughs> I, I is that assault? If you didn't want to be sh- uh, have your hand shaken? Uh, it's not like I... No, I don't think it I is. See. I think it's over-friendliness. So he was looking straight out the window, so I'm pretty sure he saw my secession sign, which that was a good thing. And, of course, uh, plenty of the cops certainly saw the secession sign while I was there. But what I thought was most interesting about this whole encounter was that at no point – I have a big backpack on. I've got a backpack where I get – I've got a video camera. I've got uh, you know extra batteries for the video. I've got all kinds of stuff in this backpack. But I could have had the backpack laden with explosives had I been some well, the crazy – the, bo- the bomb-sniffing dog went near you, right? No, he did not. That bomb-sniffing dog did not come near me. It was probably 20 feet away from me. Uh, I don't know if there was a wind blowing or anything like that, but that bomb, that you know, the guy operating the dog was just sniffing around trees and sniffing around the side of the road. He didn't come around me. Dave Ridley said they actually searched him, and he was way far, much further away from this particular location. He was out on Main Street. He was searched by the Secret Service in order to remain where he was, but this guy that talked to me didn't search me, and I've got a backpack on. I was just thinking, you know, I'm not a violent person, but the thought went through my head. If I were a violent person, it would not have been a big deal for me to set off some sort of explosive right there on that street corner. I mean, the the, the car went right by where I was standing. Well, 
I think that you might be overplaying explosives at this point. Um, in in an open air area, I don't think an explosive would really do anything to his limo, other than like, if I ran right up next to the door of his limousine and that, set off a backpack full of explosives, you're saying that wouldn't do anything? That would be be more so. If you're just standing on the sidewalk, I guess you could run. The sidewalk, it. I might have been ten feet away. It would not have been hard to run right. A up firearm to the limo. would be a more appropriate thing in that circumstance. There's probably bulletproof uh, bulletproof glass. Then the bomb probably eight five five four fifty free cycle CAI toll free line. All I'm saying is, I think his Secret Service agents dropped the ball. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Toll-free number for you to bring up anything as we launch into the third hour of the program is 1-855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. Again, freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. And, of course, uh, you can join us uh, on the phones, 855-450-FREE, as we will go to the phones. And your thoughts still to come, though, a man ticketed by the police, for trying to save his son's life. Uh, We will go to that story in a moment. But first, Larry is with us, listening in Indy to WXNT. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How you doing, guys? Hey, Larry, go ahead. You know, I'm not much on computers, but I was looking at uh, this person's iPhone the other day, Mm -hmm. and anybody with an iPhone can take and look at a satellite picture of your house. All you have to do is put in the address. Yeah, you can do that on any computer. It's called Google Maps is how can you say that you have any privacy whatsoever? How can you say that your your life, your shame, or whatever you carry with, with you, your computer uh, login record or whatever, is all exposed to anybody that wants it for a price? And and you also talk about your protests and stuff. You know, I'm, I've been... Uh, well, hold, hold, hold on, Larry. You can talk about protests in a moment. Yeah. Let's take the first issue first, which is privacy. Okay. First, I, I, I want to ask you this. I want to make sure that you understand this. Do you, you know that that's not a real-time picture of your house. So if you're looking at your iPhone while you walk out your front door, you're not going to see yourself walk out the front door. You understand that, right? No, it does not make any difference. It's the, imp- the, the, the way that they can get into you, if you do business with somebody... They automatically can say, well, where do you live or what the address on your business card? They can punch it up and see exactly where you're at. Well, I mean, there's some real benefits to that, uh, Larry. In fact, if you're trying to find out where you need to go for a meeting or, uh, you know, you've got a lunch date or something like that, it's nice to be able to punch in an address and find out where it is. That's helpful. There's also that insidious side to it, too, that that's going to be the one that's most used, so... And about the protest, you Larry, know, hold on a second, man. This is a useful tool. I mean, have you ever heard of a GPS navigator? 
It's going to be, Josh, I've heard of it, but... Uh, yeah, I've, it's a neat little uh, device you put in your car, and you punch in an address, and it'll tell you how to get there, so you don't have to deal with atlases and, and maps. I mean, they're all right there. It's computer-controlled, and, it, and it, it's a very helpful uh, device for a lot of cases. Look, if you want privacy, you've got you've to uh, put some effort and some money into protecting your privacy. I mean, you don't have to tell people where you live. You can live pri- privately if you put the time and effort into it. Well, your life's an open book. That's just all I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's only an open if book can, if that's how you want it. If we can close this issue and go to the next issue. All right, Larry. You go right I, ahead. I want to talk about the protest deal. I've been an activist for about 30 years here in the state of Indiana. And the most thing I see is when you have someone that's doing something that's egregious, the best, the best thing you can do is agree with him. Agree with them and then point out all the things that he's doing and if it's something that he's doing that's wrong, then that's what you point out, and you go along and agree with it, and uh, you let him build him up and have an advertisement campaign. Because as soon as you, now, who are we talking about here? I'm sorry, who I'm am I talking about with? anybody that you feel is trying to do an evil thing to you that you're protesting against, like you're protesting against your schools and your government there in New Hampshire. Those people don't care anything about you because you're playing right into their trick. When you go out there and you protest against this, you're telling them that we don't like your uh, you uh, beaming, uh, thronging over us. We don't like the way you're controlling us. We want somebody else to control us. That's what you're saying. Well, no, I don't want anyone to control me. Well, that's just the argument that you guys have every night. It makes me uh, just go off. You have got go off, man. To, go off. You 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 have. I don't know. I'm too old for that stuff. But the thing about it is. You have got to have somebody in control, right? Um, I think you can be in control of yourself. You cannot be because you don't have the ability to be in control of yourself. Sure I do. I don't go around hurting people. When we talk about, so many conservatives talk about that you ought to do things for yourself and do this for yourself, well, the ability is not there anymore to do those things that you once could do for yourself because of situations in our society that have arisen and because of what you and Mark say every night that you want open borders and, and, and the way our standard What does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do because it goes hand in hand. When your standard of living is degraded, then you'll do what you but have to do. more people being here makes my standard of living better because they're working <laughs> hard and they're creating new products and services and prices are coming down due to competition in the marketplace. I mean, well, that's all good things. Immigration's yeah. been uh, higher in the past than it is currently today, and America's standard of living didn't decrease as a result. Well, that was back when the ability was there to do anything, but the ability is getting closed off. And I think in another maybe 10 years in my lifetime that uh, we will have a socialist form of government when we when we find out that we we already have a socialist form of government. I'll just say that, but we're going to really admit the facts that we that we need that form because when you talk about that you're taking uh, people from all the countries and they're undermining and undercutting our labor and stuff, then when you bring them here and you say, "Come on in and undercut, come on in and sell something for a penny that used to be a dime." And uh, that's when you're going to have a problem and you're going to have a situation where you're going to have a societal shift and everybody's going to have to be on the dole. Larry, we've got uh, James here that uh, wants to talk to you in Huntsville. Are you, willing to, are you willing to take a few phone calls maybe from folks that, uh, don't care. that have some questions for you? We're going to bring James on here in just a quick moment. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. James in Huntsville listening to WBHP. You're on with uh, Larry in Indy. Hi, James. 
James, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead and talk right in your phone. Kind of sound a little quiet. Okay. Um, I was saying to the guy that was saying that you don't, you can't really, um, you're never really in control. You can't do what you want to do. Um, I wanted to, I guess, try to help him out. One thing that I had really came to realization of, and I'm sure everybody has, is that if we're the land of the free, what are we free to do? From from what I understand is that we're, I mean, I mean, I can, I understand the, the need for, you know, police officers and stuff like that to control the chaos, but, you know, I think, I guess, um, the land of the free is a misnomer because, I mean, what, what, we're in, what we're free to do is to follow rules. We're free to follow what this person says. To me, it's not really free, and I think that's kind of what the guy was trying to get at. Yeah, that, that's exactly because you have to have the ability to be free. Now, that being free is a good deal if you're a multimillionaire. But if you're some mediocre person that maybe makes 40, 50 grand a year, you're not going to be free because you're going to be targeted by the healthcare industry. You're going to be targeted by the political people. Everybody's going to target you to get that $50,000. And, of course, you're going to give it up and you're going to end up being a slave. So the thing we have in the back of our mind and our nature is that we want to be enslaved. We will mm. do anything but will not I think that may be true for some people, but it's certainly well, not yeah, true sure. for me. About 95%. James, do you want to be enslaved in the back of your mind? Well, to, no, not at all. To be honest, I would rather see, I mean, I, I know money hasn't been around forever. I just like to, I mean, just just to see. I, I know it's a primitive, a primitive system, but to see how we would we would fare in a, in a barter system, just to see what happens. I mean, you know, I guess in a way, um, I guess a car has value, and and value your money. You know, money has value, but I think I think money um, is is just too flexible. Isn't the word I'm looking for? But I mean, for something for a piece of paper, it has too much too much power over us. And I think that if we were to um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I've done too much thinking about this, and I just really like to, to see what would happen if we didn't have government, to see what happened if we didn't have money. I mean, I, I'm sure. Well, I mean, chaos, if you didn't have but, money, I mean, that, that would be impossible uh, because money is, uh, is essentially a go between for people. It is. Uh, I'd like a way to hear to what Larry has to say about that. It's a way to transfer value. James, uh, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Go you ahead, Larry. Talk about the money deal. Yeah, go, yeah. About, by all means, go ahead. We're talking about money, right? Sure. Okay, now. You have people that are sitting around now. Oh, yes, I worked at Chrysler for 40 years. I have my pension. I'm doing doing all right. But okay. they come around on the other side of the coin and say, we need to stop these car manufacturers and unions and stuff. The same way they got their money, they want to slam that door in other people's faces, just like the so-called conservatives. We I have no idea what Larry's talking about. <laughs> but I love that. Thanks call uh, for Thank the call you. tonight, Larry. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Let's talk a little bit more about money uh, in a moment yeah, and what it issue. is and why it will probably not be going away anytime soon. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at WeUseCoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at AU.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. By the way, those features on our site include listening options. We have broadband, mid-band, and narrowband versions of the live streams, which are available to you around the clock every single day. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is always airing at listen.freetalklive.com. You can get tuned in through the links there. Plus, learn about the over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM throughout the country that air the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio and the free-to-air KU Band channel the webcam and the listen lines they're all available and get the details over at listen.freetalklive.com in the last segment we were talking to a gentleman uh, from huntsville who wanted to talk about money and a new form of money are bitcoins they're the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash you don't have to sign a contract or you know a ter- click on a term of service or so all you have to do is download the free software and you can be using them in just a few minutes you don't need permission from any bank or government to use them. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world for free. You don't have uh, fees like you do with uh, some of these other services. Uh, I think all of the other services when you send and receive money. It's uh, Find out more by going to weusecoins.org. It's weusecoins.org. It's a minute and a half long video there that will uh, explain bitcoins to you. But now thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. All right, so uh, 855-450-FREE. We'll continue with your calls in a moment here, but just a little bit further on uh, what the gentleman uh, from Huntsville was saying about, uh, well, what if we could get rid of money? What, what would that be like? Well, he was kind of saying that, uh, and, and I would agree with him, that there are a lot of problems and money seems to be involved in all those problems. It's uh, because people want wealth. Some of the things that people want out there, uh, wealth is one of those uh, you know things that they're really looking for in life. You call it a commodity if you want. And, but... Money isn't wealth, and wealth isn't money. Money's a representation of wealth. So, but wealth or wealth is sort of the ability to be sort of self-sufficient and how long can you do that without working and that kind of thing. Wealth is a variety of things. I mean, wealth can be the fact that you've got air conditioning and heating and wealth can be, as you're saying, that you've got free time in your day rather than having to slave out on a farm for, you know, 16 hours uh, in a day. There's a variety of things that uh, that make up wealth. But a lot of people misconstrue wealth as just being money and that's certainly not the case. Money is only an indicator, a partial indicator of, uh, of some well. And he was he advocated for the barter system. Well, all money is is advanced barter. Right. It's a medium of exchange. Right. So, you know, if you want – if I've got uh, eggs and you've got asparagus, but I'm allergic to asparagus – I don't want your eggs. Well, you, but you don't want my – but you want my eggs. Oh, okay. You want eggs, but I don't want asparagus. What are we going to do? Right. Here's how we do it. We have a medium of exchange, and you need a medium of exchange. Something that we both value. People value. There's one form, you know, precious metals have traditionally been something that lots of cultures value. Or now Bitcoin is becoming a new medium of exchange. It it has a lot of the the characteristics of precious metals, although it uh, is much more transmittable than than precious metals. So, um, because of the the math that goes on in it, whatever, we can have that conversation later. But, you know, precious metals are really just barter. I mean, if I'm giving you a gold coin for a whole bunch of eggs, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I'm giving you a gold coin... uh, A golden goose, maybe. It could be a very small uh, gold coin. They do have them. But if I'm giving you a silver coin, a silver ounce, which is, oh, say, 30 bucks right now, 
and I'm getting from you 10 dozen eggs, that sounds commensurate. And, you know, that's that's how these things would be done. So this is money because lots of people will take it. Uh, precious metals tend to be that. And that's essentially what it is. It's advanced barter. You're getting this piece of precious metal. I'm getting what I want. So I think it would be interesting to get rid of the Federal Reserve note, what we commonly know as money today, the greenbacks that are in your wallet, because those ultimately are backed by debt. I mean, they don't really backed by anything at all, unlike, uh, you know, they have value simply because they're forced upon us by legal tender laws that mandate that uh, people must take them for all debts, public and private. Uh, but aside from that, there's nothing inherently valuable about a dollar you know, piece no, of paper with piece of paper. some printing on it. And uh, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to get rid of that and actually have real money like gold, silver, and interesting things like Bitcoin and well, other things. Whatever come the up, marketplace comes up with. Right, to, to, uh, to be that medium of exchange. But to get rid of a medium of exchange is absolutely you know, impossible. I mean, it would, it would destroy commerce. It, money came about for a reason. It, it became, you know, gold and silver, these things became valuable. They became mediums of exchange because it was necessary in order to transact the things like you were talking about before. Uh, these barters, barters can only go so far. So to get rid of the medium of exchange is literally to throw you back to the Stone Age. It really, you are, yeah, not too much, not too far from the Stone Age. So terrible idea. Eight five five. I understand. I, I understand the concerns around those issues that he was, you know, he's concerned about. All right. So one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. As we continue here, Jeremy, listening in Philly, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, uh, I heard you guys talk about drones earlier, yes, and um, you know, devil's advocate. I'm, I, you know, I don't really support drones, but. From, from, a, from the perspective of the police, couldn't they, um, you know, if there was concern about it amongst the public, couldn't police departments or cops say, well, you know, listen, look, uh, we have to be behind the curve in technology, and, you know, it took us a while to get assault rifles, but we really need, uh, needed them, or helicopters, or, and I, I even heard that uh, police have a technology where there's some type of camera on uh, in their light bar that points and all different, or there's multiple cameras where it, it scans license plates, and a cop doesn't even have to be looking at a car, and this camera can scan thousands of license, plate, uh, license plates. It pops up with an alert, and then it flags the car. Well, I mean, couldn't the police ar- uh, argue, well, you know, this is just something flying in the air really high, and it's not doing anything that, say, a thousand cops driving around couldn't do. Like, couldn't Absolutely. They say, well, They've got all kinds me. of persuasive arguments to uh, to have drones, and, and they will persuade city councils, and they will persuade state legislators, and they will persuade the FAA, and they will have drones. Well, the, drones the drones are a coming, and, uh, you know, but, I mean, the argument for the drones is the same argument for the, the bear mil- millions of uh, uh, police teams. cameras that are out in, uh, in London, which don't prevent crime, which are less effective effective than streetlights in preventing crime because people, you know, so what? So you got cameras out there. Now you need people to staff them. You need people to look at them and, uh, you know, be able to find find the crime. Uh, crime well, people don't oppose these things. I mean, they have these arguments and they're always seen as persuasive because it's wrong by many people's view to oppose anything the police want. I mean, they, they, they get pretty much what they want in most places. How could you say that a drone, be, because a drone isn't like a like a telescreen that's inside your house that's ordering you around, or a drone isn't, 
I know some of them, you said some of them could have equipment where they could detect heat or something like that. They'd probably use them to find, like, marijuana plants growing in a cornfield. But, like, they can't really be inside your bedroom or they don't have that bossy type of direct invasive type of feel to them. So I guess like like a lot. So of you like wouldn't feel people, you wouldn't feel like it's in, in at all uh, oppressive or invasive to have police drones hovering above your neighborhood and uh, just kind of flitting about the skies. That wouldn't bug you. I would probably have a problem with it, but I mean, I think the majority of people would allow it. That's the problem. But you're right. I think most people are going to just go along to get along because they, even if they don't like it, they're too afraid to say anything. After all, they don't want to get droned. It's as what they're going to do with the information that concerns me. As the guys on the Freedom Fiends would say. Jeremy, thanks for the call. There's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number 855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. The webcam's there. You can watch, you can listen, and you can interact because the chat room is built in to the same page as the webcam. And it's all free, of course. Go to cam.freetalklive.com, cam.freetalklive.com. Jason Osborne of SACL CAI wants to remind you to share the, your favorite episode of Free Talk Live you know, once a week on uh, Facebook or whatever social networking site you use. It's uh, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Jason and SACL have been the sponsors of Free Talk Live for a very long time. Excellent. So we're going to continue here with your phone calls. Mark, you did have a brief comment about drones. Yeah. So, so the, the caller called in and asked, what's the problem with drones? And he not for him particularly, but you know, maybe other people might ask this question. What's the problem with the police having drones? Well, I don't think the police should be able to do anything that you and I can't do. Um, you and have a so, drone. Yeah. And so I really don't have a problem with uh, the police having drones in that situation. Uh, now, I would like to say that I don't think that the police should have their drones paid for by my tax dollars when I can't have my drone paid for by their tax dollars. So that is essentially the issue when it comes to that. I mean, if they're going to be a security organization, they want to put a camera in the sky. You know, what are, what are you going to do about it? But we had a caller call in last night who is on some kind of government you know, energy saving program and it makes his inner he, he claims uh, he believes that it makes his uh, electrical bill available to local law enforcement. And the local law enforcement felt like since he used— The claim was that the FBI had come to local law enforcement. Okay. So the the, FBI. Law, the power bill is available to the federal government. Okay. Available to the federal government. The federal uh, you know, policing agency contacted the local policing agency, concerned that he was using more power than his neighbors. Mm-hmm. So that his so power must be grown pot. His power usage was more than his neighbors. So the cops came in and uh, you know, did, a, did a search warrant on his house. 
So what's the problem? What's the problem with local police or federal police or anybody getting a hold of our power bills? Right. If you've got nothing police. to hide, what's the problem? The problem is the police because everybody's got something to hide because everything is being being made illegal. I mean, they well, might this see- lady on the side of the road was taking a picture uh, we were talking about earlier in the show was taking a picture of a helicopter at an airport. Not even a real helicopter, just a display helicopter with no engine on it. They grabbed her, held her for six hours on the side of the road, ostensibly it would appear to days be, for days are in jail. What well. appears to be so, stole thousands of dollars, put her in jail for days, and now she's got to go through the system trying to uh, you know right the wrongs. What's the problem with police having arrest powers? What's the problem? The problem is that they're going to abuse them when they don't have responsibility for their actions, and they don't have responsibility for their actions. They can largely do whatever they want to do without any kinds of problems. You know, plus they're going after for people who haven't harmed anybody else. I mean, it'd be one thing if the police's only job was to actually protect individuals, peaceful people from violent people. If that's really what the police were out there doing, we know that's not true because they're out there pulling people over for stop sign violations and speeding and pot and, you know, open container and all kinds of other nonsense. You know, their grass is growing too high and all kinds of just garbage. If the police were actually focusing on busting rapists and murderers and arsonists and, you know, vandals and people who are actually hurting others, I wouldn't give a damn if they actually had, you know, drones flying about, if that somehow was actually, you know, bringing real criminals to justice. But that's, you know, the, that world is so far away from, uh, from this world today, it's not even a possibility at any point in the, uh, the, the remote future. The police are busting people who aren't hurting anybody else, and that's a police state. And I don't th- anything that helps them in there in creating a more a, a consistent police state is something I'm against. Yeah, they've they've. Shown, I don't care if they get a bad guy with it every every now and then. They've shown over time that they're interested in invasiveness. They're interested in depriving Americans of their freedoms, and to give them the drones only gives them more ability to do that. Do I have a problem with people being able to fly drones in the sky and? You know, air, model airplanes in the sky that allow them to look out of cameras? Nope, I don't. Do I have a problem with... Because the, they're not going to hurt you. <laughs> the, you know, the, what appears to have been the, the growing invasiveness of the American police state? And if you don't think it's a police state, call right. in and tell me what it takes... For it to be a police state. Well, okay, so going back to Jeremy's call, uh, again, he was talking about what some other people might think about the police. Like, well, well it's, not a, it's not a camera in your home. Well, we're not that far away from that, are we? I mean, remember, it was just a few years ago, actually, that the U.K., they have these uh, families that are on a certain monitoring program. They're, you know, families, questionable families, where maybe there's some domestic violence or there's something going on, possible child abuse, or there's some some involvement of the state has gotten uh, has uh, come into their lives. And, of course, as we know, in a lot of cases, that doesn't mean anything. It means that their neighbors don't like them and snitched on them, and there's actually nothing going on in their home. And it's just that somebody didn't like them, so they wanted to, them to have a hard time by the state. But my point being that there was this program that they created that basically had uh, – they were installing cameras in people's homes, in these homes of these families that had that were on this government program. They were being uh, watched by these government agents. So you're not that far away from the government having some sort of reason to put a camera inside your home. It's not far off at all. Uh, public schools here in this country have uh, sent students home with free computers with laptop cameras in it and then watched the students through the laptop cam. They absolutely have. So, so it's already there. I, I I I don't know what we need, but I can cite you just about anything you can talk about, except for putting Jews in gas chambers in the United States. I can cite you just about everything up to that point. 
855-450-FREE. Helen is on the line listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Hey, Helen. Hi. I don't know. I, my technical uh, knowledge is probably not up to par as far as the drones go, but um, we're talking about spying on people. We've used drones to kill people oh, in yeah. Pakistan, Afghanistan. Oh, that's coming next. I mean, they're, they're going to put them up in the sky first with well, just cameras. No, not, not coming next. We've already done that. Not in this country uh, that I'm aware of. but she, uh, She's not showing a distinction, and I agree with her. These uh, distinctions are, are imaginary. Some people would say it's worse to kill American citizens with drones over in the Middle East, and they've done that. Anybody. Yeah, I, well, agree I, you, I agree with you, Helen. I'm just saying that it's only going to be a matter of time before they're, sh- but, they're shooting people with drones here. The point, as much as I, I can't stand Mittens or Willard or whatever his real first name is, um, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to criticize Obama right now. Because when they had that pre- that annual press thingamajigger that happened, I think it was like two weeks ago. Do you recall? I can't remember what the, the press corps thing. Title it. He I, I, made a joke about drone. Yeah, and I'm he doesn't write all of his own material, but you know, uh, he said something about someone expressed some interest in his two daughters, and then he said, if anyone, you know approaches learning my two daughters or something, he's going to send drones. Oh, man. I'm like, it that was, is real funny. Ha, that's ha, sick. ha. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, a, you know, a, a lighthearted warning to uh, young men that might want to date uh, his his daughters. Exactly. That watch out. You're going to end up drones. like a dead Afghan. But, I mean, what the point is, what the, the joke is, the punchline is there, hey, I've killed hundreds of people right. without a trial. Uh, civilian, You're next, kid. Civilian people without a trial in, in foreign countries. That's what it is that makes me sick. Yeah. I'm with you, Helen. Thank you for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? Um, I don't know. Any of you guys want to lend me money or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> We're we talk show it. hosts. Come on. I mean, I don't know what, what you Everybody think about. thinks talk show hosts are rich. Yeah, I mean, Rush Limbaugh, he probably does pretty well for himself. Yeah. But uh, no, free talk, free talk live. Do you have uh, his number? Okay. I'm just I don't. I don't talk with people like that. He's a scumbag. Me neither. Hey, thanks, Helen. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. At some of the conventions, I've talked to these guys. They're very nice. Not Rush Limbaugh. He didn't talk, stop talking to anybody. No, I was able to ask a question in a sort of question-answer period one time. It was he during his time. speech, yeah. Yes, but you said people like that, and I don't even know what you mean when you say people like that. People who just get whisked in and out with their security detail. and You don't uh, talk to them because that. they don't want to talk to you. Is that the reason? I don't want to talk to him personally, but you would have. You totally would have talked to Rush Limbaugh if he was milling around or whatever. If Absolutely. If he was like, hanging out at the after-party thing that they at the, have. At the time, I certainly would have. And... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I spoke to Sean Hannity. He was a very nice guy. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Doesn't make me like his politics anymore. No, hell no. 1-855-450-FREE. I guess he's going to be giving the uh, keynote speech this year at Talkers again. big name. Uh, so more coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live is actually going to be a Talkers uh, convention this year, as we always are. Thanks to Free Talk Live's listeners like you who become amplifiers. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. B-A-R-D-O project.com. (laughs) 
you can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. Even in these remaining moments, there is enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can, of course, join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote the show at promote.freetalklive.com. You get instructions on how to get your own Free Talk Live bumper sticker absolutely free. In addition to that, you can also get uh, download web graphics, high-res graphics as well, available for those of you who might want to make your own T-shirts or whatever you want to do with our high-res graphics. They're there for you at promote.freetalklive.com, and you'll find some more interesting stuff there, too. All free. Promote.freetalklive.com. All right, so Mark, uh, in the category of parents who didn't get quite what they were expecting, as we talked about earlier, a mom uh, was photographing a helicopter husk at a nearby an airport and was harassed by the police, arrested, had money stolen from her, uh, threatened, intimidated, uh, to put into solitary confinement at a jail for several days. And she just she just wanted to post some pictures of a helicopter to her Support Our Troops page. So, surprise, uh, you've got a little bit of an introduction to the police state there. And so did this guy. Mark, you've got a story about a father who was trying to save his son's life. It's from LouRockwell.com, uh, posted by William Norman Grigg. Uh, you know, great article writer and uh, friend of the show. Frank Roeder of Winfield Park, New Jersey, took his son to a nearby river to feed the ducks. Oh, that's always fun. The SUV came to a stop on a steep embankment. And Roeder's impatient five-year-old son jumped out and started sprinting toward a ledge that was about 35 feet above the river. 35 feet oh above boy. the river. So he nat- naturally, as any father would, is very concerned about his run tw- son running. He probably would have stopped. You never know. But You never know. Yeah. So what did he do? Rotor immediately leapt out of the SUV and chased down his son just a few feet from the edge. If he had taken so much as a second to set the parking brake, his son most certainly would have plunged to his death. Oh, wow. That's I don't know, scary. Yeah, I don't know whether he would have or not, but, I mean, you know, it, one can totally see why a father would do this. One would... would uh, when seconds know, matter. I mean. yeah, this, this father should be applauded for what he did. Instead, his Jeep Cherokee went tumbling over the edge and embedded Oof. itself in the river. When something like that happens so fast, I could give a rat's whatever about the car, mm-hmm. Roeder said uh, to the local Fox affiliate. I understand his feeling. Sure. You know, when I've got a choice of uh, a car. You can and buy another car. My son, I could care less about the car. I yep. don't care if I even get insurance about it. Nothing. Nothing. There would be no regret in my mind. It's just a thing. Yep. Because just the possibility that my son would have fallen over that uh, 35 foot embank- 35-foot embankment. Mm-hmm. I rem- I know this because that's it, it, it's it's higher than the the top of my house. Yeah, that's that's pretty that fall. kind of a fall into a river. I mean, that's you know, he probably can't death. swim. Uh, there might be rocks down there. This is not good. Certain death. Yeah, the officious jerk. Uh, oh, excuse me. This is a, I jumped a little bit. In so many tragic situations, the police soon arrived and immediately made matters worse. Yeah. After briefly <laughs> chatting with Roeder, who was still clinging to his son, one officer issued the traumatized father two tickets, one for failure to produce his insurance card, which was in the glove box of the ruined vehicle oh, in the river, and the other for failure to set his parking brake. Where was this? This is, well, the, the father's from Winfield Park, New Jersey. New I don't Jersey. know for, cer- for certain where this uh, occurred. Uh, this officious jerk who wrote the tickets chastened Rodner for not setting his parking brake. He also said <laughs> that if Roeder's uh, child had fallen into the river instead of the Jeep, Roeder would have then been arrested for child endangerment. 
The Union, I mean, ain't no winning with these people. The Union County Police Department describes itself as a uh, proactive law enforcement agency, providing a full spectrum. Ridiculous of law, band of goons. <laughs> law enforcement and protection services. Our police department's foremost responsibility is providing for the general health and safety and welfare of all what our residents within the terrestrial boundaries of the county of Union. Any one of these police departments, you look at any police department, your local police department, they've got this very flowery sounding uh, mission statement and it always sounds very ethical and that they're there to keep you safe and protect you and if that were true then this police officer would have uh, immediately shown up on the scene and asked what he could do to help that's what you would that's what you do if you're oriented towards serving people how can i i'm here to help you today sir what can i do to assist and you know, if there was some oh, call a tow truck, or you know, let's get this truck out of there. My there, son's okay. That too. Let's deal with this. I mean, if I'm there's some saying. kind of environmental issue with the truck having gone in the water, that's one thing. But issuing a ticket, what's the point of the ticket? Money fundraising for the state. Because uh, that's what the point of tickets are. <laughs> right. That's exactly what the <laughs> points. Uh, William Norman Grigg goes on and says it's a lie. Of course, the foremost responsibility of that department, like every other of its kind, is to enforce the will of the political clique that employs it at the expense of the productive population. Yep. Union County Police Chan- uh, Chief Daniel Veniska admitted to the Fox News that his officers have Danny some Veniska. discretion. What's that? Danny Veniska. <laughs> I don't know anything about Danny. Uh, have some discretion about when and uh, when to and when not to write a ticket. That's true. They have total discretion. Insisted he couldn't second guess his officer's uh, opportunistic act of um, <laughs> <laughs> molting a father who had uh, chosen to save his son and lose his SUV rather than complying with a government's edict at the expense of his child's life. This uh, and this I, this is the bizarre circumstances that this police officer basically said, oh, yeah, when you pulled up here, you were screwed if you did and screwed if you didn't. Yeah. As soon as your son got excited about, enough to jump out of the car and go running towards the embankment without you. And I don't know how right. to, you know, I don't know how his son got out. Did he unclip him from the inside and then his son was able to, uh, you know, rush out without him at that point? He, you know? he just said in the beginning of the story, he just flung the door open and ran out. Yeah. Uh, so, well, <sighs> My son's four, and he can't get out of his car seat. So, did he let him out of his Doesn't car seat? Like first? He was in a car seat. It should be at that age. So it should be in some kind of seat, whether it's a car seat or you know a booster or something. Like I don't that. remember what age I got taken out of car seat, but I don't. I think I don't believe I was in a car seat at that age. Oh, I know. I certainly wasn't at five years old. You know, I was crawling all over the cars at that point. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't do that when I was a kid. Car seats just. Those are you saying? Babies. Are you saying that he should be in a car seat because you believe that, or because that's the law? I think he should be in a car seat because that's the law. I mean, I you, see. You know, people are you you're gonna lose your kid if you think you're going to drive around. You're free to drive around with your kid and not in a car seat. Yeah. I mean, you don't have that freedom, and I, you know it's 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 good that kids are protected. I have I don't have a problem with car seats. I'd say that the car seat enforcement is probably some of the most one of the most successful government programs out there. Yes, kids are probably safer and parents are better off with kids in the in car seats. I I don't have a problem with car seats, but I, you know, I, there there's probably some there there are all kinds of silly rules that get involved. For instance, my, when my son was, I think he had to be 2 years old to turn him around or 1 years old or something like that and you know, I'm like, how would the officer possibly know how, how old, old my kid is? is. Um, You'd as, have to testify. Yeah, you'd, you'd have, have to, to admit tell it. them, uh, not testify as much as just admit. Right? Uh, because, you know, they don't they don't need uh, you to testify in in that circumstance. But 
Anyway, so going on, uh, the, the police chief says, it probably could have gone either way. I can't comment on the discretionary practices of an officer, but certainly the fellow will uh, have an opportunity to tell his story in court. You know, no problem. We'll we'll get justice in court. And, of course, the police officer and the people of uh, you know this county will have to pay this police officer's time and a half for him to go to court. And this yeah. guy will have to employ an attorney if he does uh, or take the time out of his day in order. I mean, you know, the only people that don't end up short in this court situation are the people that work for the government. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Your thoughts. Jeff is in Charleston. Jeff, uh, where are you? Which Charleston? South Charleston. South Charleston in where? Uh, West Virginia? Yeah. Okay, very good. So you're listening to WVTS. Go ahead, sir. I want to thank you guys for the job you're doing out there, alerting people to what, uh, you know, for for evil to prevail, it just takes uh, good men to do nothing. Sure does. And and our legislators are passing so many laws uh, that we have no idea what they are. The people, I, I haven't voted on a new law in a long time, but I know that I've got a lot of new rules to follow. And I just wanted to tell you a horror story about the. I'm 42 years old. I never got in trouble with the police before. Jeff, i got to tell you, you've got less than a minute to tell this story. Or you can call in at 7 o'clock tomorrow, Eastern Time, and uh, tell it to us then. Okay, I'll do that because it's uh, it's, a... Tease us, though. Give us us a tease for for tomorrow. I'm sorry? Give us a tease, though. Oh, yeah, because I'm telling you, it's like like the Stalin era around here. You heard the joke where... uh, the three guys are talking, and one guy's like, uh, you know, the Italian, the American, and the and the Russian guy in the, in the Cold War. And the uh, the American says, happiness is running across a wide open field, and the Italian says, no, happiness is the love of a good woman. And the Russian says, no, happiness is when the police bang on your door at 3 a.m. in the night, and they said, Comrade Rostov, you can come with us. And uh, you say, uh, no, Comrade Rostov lives next door. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> hey, that Jeff, that's what we feel around here, buddy. Now, Jeff, I know you guys only get hour number three live there in uh, Charleston, West Virginia, on WVTS. Right. So if you want, you can call us at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time tomorrow night if you'd that's like to hear yourself idea. and you, if you'd like your neighbors to hear you. And, and, and by the way, if anybody ever you know calls in and wants to hear themselves, you can always go to freetalklive.com. The archives are available the archives. there for you. And, and share them on uh, your Facebook page. Yep. And uh, Everybody can hear, you, hear your call. Jeff, thanks for the call tonight. Look forward to hearing from you tomorrow. Hope you, hopefully you will call us back. Uh, And we will see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show here on uh, Free Talk Live, and I have with me Arthur Hayhoe, Executive Director of the Florida Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. Arthur, are you with me? Yes. Excellent. So um, I've gotten, I get these uh, interview requests now and then from different uh, PR firms, and uh, sure. I, I got one for you, and I, I usually ignore them, but uh, yours seemed like it would be something that would be of interest to my audience, so I... I picked you up. I guess the NRA uh, has uh, considered you to be the most uh, anti-gun guy in Florida? Well, I've been called a lot and a lot worse, but uh, the NRA is very upset. They're very concerned about this whole issue. The issue being uh, the the Trayvon Martin and the Stand Your Ground law in Florida. Is that right? It's created some huge public relations problems for them, something they didn't anticipate. When they got this law passed, they thought it was going to be seen as self-defense and 
everyone is going to love it, but it didn't turn out that way. So, um, you know, I guess using the Trayvon Martin case as an example is really tough because there's a lot of racial undertones in it. And, um, you know, people don't seem to be able to think very clearly on it. But your claim is that the uh, the stand your ground laws um, promote gun violence. Now, I'm not prepared to argue against that statement. I'm interested in what you have to say uh, regarding that. Well, when you pass a law and says that says essentially if you feel threatened, you could pull the trigger. What do you think is going to happen? Now, I, I wonder to, to myself in this uh, circumstance, I mean, I suppose there, there's times when it's legitimate to feel threatened and legitimate to pull sure. the trigger. And then there's times that one can just feel threatened. I mean, there are people out there that feel threatened when a black guy walks by, by them, right? Yes, and, and, and Indeed. I mean, and, and I, you know, there are people that feel threatened when a police officer walks by them. And, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of ways that one can feel threatened. But the best way to describe this this law is that it's a Trojan horse. It well, has absolutely nothing to do with self-defense. When it was first passed in 2005, I went to the podium of the first Senate hearing and said, this is a right to commit murder bill. This has nothing to do with self-defense. At that time, I and my group started our study of uh, stand-your-ground shootings in Florida. We went to 100, and then we stopped because we didn't see anything new, because we wanted to see for ourselves what we're, what we're seeing out there. And so how many, we saw the same thing. I thought there were only like two stand-your-ground shootings at this point because the law was relatively new. I mean, it's, it's just Florida, right, that only, only Florida has stand-your-ground at this no, point? No, 25 states have it now, and, and they're different in different stages when they passed it. We passed it in 25, I'm sorry, 2005, and then it immediately leaped with the help of ALEC into uh, 15 other states, and a few more, so I think it's a total of 25. They have it on the books. And there's three or four others that are pending, but I think they're out the window now. With the controversies over this law, I don't think it's going to get passed any further. So we one of my concerns is is that, um, you know, like I think that people should be able to, you know, defend themselves if they are being threatened, if they're legitimately being threatened. And I often find that, uh, you know, certain Certain people, certain groups of people find that they get the short end of the stick when it comes to law enforcement and their case. Um, you know, that, you know, sure. one might claim that uh, that Zimmerman got a better deal in this circumstance because his dad's a judge and, you know, perhaps known around Sanford by the police for that reason. Who knows? I mean, it, this well, is all at least absolute speculation. Jury, uh, at least it's going to a jury now. Sure. Where before, when we first started in the first couple of years, they were all being dismissed. Well, I'm but, not sure that yeah. I think that that's a good thing, though, um, Arthur, because the reason is, is I don't trust juries at all. Um, I think the juries tend to just, I mean, the 60 percent, more than 60 percent of the time, juries fine for the prosecution and fewer than one percent of cases that are um, of arrests result in a jury trial, which says to me that the numbers are probably kind of screwed up there. Well, Stick with a jury because we have a choice here. Do you want a jury to make the decision, or do you want a law written by the NRA to make the decision? I don't know what I want. What I want is uh, I don't when, think you want that. When a prosecutor, <laughs> when a prosecutor brings a case, um, they get they they have no skin in the game. Um, you know, so I I have skin in the game in that I'm going to go to prison for ten or fifteen or twenty years. I've got to spend twenty five thousand dollars on a lawyer. The prosecutor spends nothing. Um, That's if, right. If he if he uh, loses the case, he goes home and uh, you know to his wife and family. 
uh, if I lose the case, I go to prison and never see the light sure. of day again. So I, I really hate the way the judicial system set up from the from the get go. Well, I think you've uh, gone. You you're marching right into the uh, area where the NRA was so concerned. That they they were concerned uh, the same thing. They felt that too many uh, gun owners were being hounded by prosecutors and and prosecuted when they were all they were just trying to do is protect themselves, the family, and their property. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they spent a lot of time haranguing about that. Uh, but I've got some people I know that are prosecutors, and they they've always had an open door to anybody that felt he was un- treated unfairly. Let's take another look at it. So you hit it right on the, the nail right on the head. This is basically an anti-prosecutor law. Uh, I, this know. is what the stand-your-ground law is. Okay, an anti-prosecutor, an anti-prosecutor law. law. The okay. NRA was so upset with so many people uh, on their side calling and saying, when I used that gun, when I wasn't facing an armed criminal, when I used it to settle some kind of a matter that I caught up in, I'm being charged with a crime. Uh, Ms. Hammer, will you still change the law so that I, I can use this gun legally when I'm not facing an armed criminal? And that's exactly what this law does. It's always been perfectly legal to use a gun in Florida when you're, when you're facing an armed assailant. But it's never been legal to use the gun against an unarmed person until 2005. And I all wonder- these people were unarmed. Now, I wonder about that, too, because when you're talking about what well, there's the old saying that, uh, you know, God made man and uh, Sam Colt made them equal, made him equal or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, wh- one thing that I've as I get older here, I'm 41, by no means uh, an old man. But, you know, I got aches and pains. I don't want to fight anybody anymore. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> when I was younger, I could fight like the Dickens. But now I don't want to fight a guy. So if I'm facing a 17 or 18 year old Kid, I I don't think I can I don't think I can defend myself physically in the, certainly not the way that I used to and if I do, well I'm going to pay for it physically far more than he's going to and um, you know, over the course of the next few weeks. Well, we uh, we had uh, you know that's the NRA claims that the way they put this law together, but however they they claimed it was put together to give you an edge on these situations that you run into. Uh, carjacking, home invasion, something like this. This was what this law was supposed to give you, that extra little push. What it ended up, it it turned out to be uh, making it legal to uh, use a gun against an unarmed person. You know, this stand-your-ground law is no good. You can't use it in a okay corral shootout. You can only use it when you're shooting an unarmed person. So the laws previously said that if a person had a weapon, um, then you know, then then a shot is uh, legitimate. Because I've heard of instances where people were, you know, there were fights going on, large fights where weapons were being used, impromptu weapons were being used. A person fires sure. into the ground in order to uh, break up the the melee, and they get carted off to jail and uh, face years and years in prison for shooting into the ground. Well, I've heard those cases, too, and we've asked uh, the people to bring them to us, and uh, so far none of them show up. It's in- interesting to know that a case like almost like that ha- happened here in Florida, where a uh, a guy used a gun and shot in the ground a couple times to uh, shoo off a bunch of very rowdy teens, and he got charged. And uh, it's interesting that uh, 
the one of the co-sponsors of the Stand Your Ground Law came along and told the judge, I'm going to defend this this guy based on the Stand Your Ground Law because this was the one of the reasons we created this law, so that you could use a gun against a bunch of rowdy, unarmed kids. The judge didn't allow that defense. Because so he didn't shoot any of the kids? Bargain and got rid of it. <laughs> so, I mean, so, you know, we've had these situations. So I have a problem with plea bargaining, too. Plea bargaining only helps uh, civil servants who are supposed to work for us and guilty people. I mean, plea bargaining is, well, a, is a terrible system for people that are innocent. The, look at the 100 cases that we studied. studied. What, what were they? I, I haven't looked they, across your 100 cases. They were all disputes between two people. Mm-hmm. One was armed and one was not. Fifteen uh, were dismissed immediately because there were no witnesses. Uh, what's the really horrible thing here is these, when this occurs, there's no witnesses. The prosecutors are, are pushed into this corner where they have to accept this plea that he was uh, frightened for his life and had to defend himself because that statement can't be challenged in any court in the state. This well, is why this or 25 is others. Or 25 other states, right? I don't know about what they're, what they're doing there, but okay. we could, we know what's happening here. Uh, so, you know, what it, what does this turn out? It turns out people in Florida are shooting each other. They aren't shooting robbers, rapists, carjackers. They're just making a mess out there. We've got one in the, going to trial now where the guy got in an anger in his backyard and, and uh, up and shot the guy because the other guy let his dog in and killed his goats. These are typical uh, situations that you, that you find uh, when the, this this comes up, and it's always some poor guy doesn't have a gun, and the other one does, and that's not a good outcome. Yeah, I, I cannot speak to this uh, the stand your ground law. I think that it's too new and too fresh for me for you know those that want to take a, a reasoned look at it to um, you know I mean I'm, I'm I'm interested in whatever findings there are out on there. I mean, obviously, well, I don't think people... Well, a lot should... of them. I can tell you that when this law was first introduced, Marion Hammer went to, uh, you've probably heard of her, no. went to a bull a harangue about how terrible it was out there. The prosecutors were just prosecuting people, and people were defending themselves and trembling behind doors. They couldn't defend themselves. They did. They could charged with using too much force, on and on and on. Really terrible. And, and that's first Senate here next year. My God, there must be a line of people all the way around the courthouse and back out here to tell us about their problem. There wasn't a single one. Well, Arthur, Nor I mean, did, people don't go. Did she ever talk about a people don't one. Go, generally go. People that lobbyists go to testify at center, center, Senate hearings. I mean, I'm in a much smaller huh. state than you, and I moved here in order to be active in the government. And I may go oh. to one or two, uh, you know, meetings per year, uh, committee meetings per year, one or two tops. So the average person has a life to live, and they're not going to go because mostly they know. The politicians don't listen to them, and it seems to me that it, like people have a legitimate complaint about their prosecutors. I mean, there's sure. there's all kinds of. I mean, the, the reason this law was instituted is because people didn't feel served by their government in this particular well, area. They had an opportunity to have it reviewed. The prosecutors in all these cases we've heard this before. A prosecutor said, "We'll sit down and review these facts," but in most cases, a family doesn't want to do that. But you know. This is the way this law has gone since 2005. Uh, it's created a mess. One of the most interesting things about this is when you create a new self-defense law, 
you know, what do you do? Well, you get the, the, the police and the prosecutors and the judges and together, and they write it, and they give it to the legislature, and they pass it. Not so. Uh, the law enforcement prosecutors and the judges were, were kept out of it. They weren't allowed to participate in f- creating this new self-defense law. Well, a lot of people would say, well, another world is going on here. Here are the, uh, the, the divisions of the government which had to organize and control this new stand-your-ground law, and they were not a- allowed to participate in its construction. Well, I kind of like that idea, Arthur. I mean, those those people, the prosecutors and the police officers, hold on before you go on, are are, are civil servants. I mean, and, and I don't know that I necessarily want people, um, civil servants, involved in the process of what we, the masters, are putting together. And secondarily, um, you know, those people get paid to go to Senate hearings and testify and do all those things. So their voices are heard and, you know, a much louder uh, than those like you and I who, well, not you, me, who has to go and... I, you know, oh, I take a day huh? off work. I spend my gas money to go up there. I testify. Sure. And these politicians don't listen to me because some ch- police chief from Alachua comes in and says, oh, well, what he says isn't true. Well, that's the system we have to work with. It stinks. And, you know, there aren't many choices that you have. But well, I, I think can that... tell you how the judges in this state finally got some control over this law. How's that? They uh, got together, the judiciary, and they created a, a there has to be a special uh, a judge now uh, has to stand and listen to the argument. He has to make the decision, does this man have the right to the stand your ground defense? Immunity. And if, he, if the judge thinks he does, it's immunity, and that's the end of it. If the judge thinks he doesn't, and it goes on to trial, usually for manslaughter or aggravated battery or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the only way they could, could – they lost total control of the, of the judiciary. Uh, I mean, it was a wild setting for the first two years. Different judges were making different decisions. Yeah. I can imagine. it was very difficult to un- unirone it. I, I can totally imagine that when you've got a new law that uh, you know oh. that, that upsets the apple cart in this way, that you're finding different uh, different rulings in different places. So it was. when the NRA, who's uh, not an organization that I'm you know the the most thrilled with, um, says that you're the the most uh, anti gun guy in, in Florida or whatever, are you against <laughs> gun ownership? No, I'm an army veteran. I'm a gun owner. I was a member of the NRA. I have a concealed weapons permit. Uh, I'm not opposed to the legal use of firearms for sport sport or self-defense, and nobody in my group does. We've just done a very bad job of keeping these out of the hands of of, uh, the wrong people. And this should have been an effort to to keep guns out of the wrong hands. But what do they do? They come up with this crazy stand-your-ground law, which makes it even worse. I mean, uh, we, we went to the airports when this was passed, we passed out brochures saying, be careful. Don't anger anyone in this state or you could be the next victim of the stand your ground law. It's always a good idea to be pleasant with your neighbors and, uh, you know, not angering them and <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so when you say keeping guns out of the wrong hands, I, it's something that always scares me because, you know, my, my constitution, not that I consider it to have been very effective in protecting rights in any way, shape, or form, says that the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Do you think it has that— has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with the Second Amendment. 
Okay. The the, 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 the law doesn't that you're referring to, right? I no, mean, the stand the your ground. ground law sure. doesn't. But you said keeping the, the, guns out of the wrong hands. It's just a state law. Right. Who controls firearms in this country? State governments do. Some have a lot of control. Some have none, like Florida. Uh, you know, and uh, these are just simply state laws. And uh, it has nothing to do with the Second Amendment or the right to bear arms. <laughs> well, I the mean... State's constitution, the state's constitution, Florida quotes the Second Amendment... And somebody put a comma and said, except maybe as may be prescribed by law. Well, um, you know, that doesn't mean that the federal constitution is somehow trumped by the, the state constitution, right? Well, let them have it. It's, it they, do, they have very, very, very little, little to do with, with controlling firearms on the state level. Uh, the 68 uh, uh, federal gun control law, as amended, as amended, is the only thing that's there, and that's primarily... Of, uh, of keeping track of manufacturing of firearms and things that go across state lines. But all the laws that control whether you have a gun or don't have a gun or how many guns you have or what kind, all decided by the state legislature. Yeah, they seem they seem to be, and I think that uh, you know some places are more and less uh, you know conducive to people being free to own guns. Now I'm I I, I I don't own a handgun, and I don't think that they're a good way to solve problems. But I do think that uh, humans have rights, and one of those rights is to own a piece of metal that uh, shoots a projectile out of it if that's what they want to do. I mean, it's just a tool. Um, it's the use of that tool. I, you know, in the same way that if you strike your neighbor with a hammer. You should be held liable for that if you use that tool that, you know, maybe could be used to shoot a bear or whatever to uh, shoot your neighbor when they weren't looking for it. That, you know, it's it's the it's the action, not the gun that needs to be controlled. It's all these crazy situations like uh, they're all arguments in the backyard over who had the best barbecue show, sauce or uh, who was going with whose girl. And they're out there and they're drinking and somebody has a gun. And first thing you know, something bad happens. It does happen. <laughs> and the prosecutor says, come on, come over here and sit down and tell me what happened. But, you know, the attitude of the NRA is is that people should be able to use that gun legally anytime they feel threatened for great bodily harm or death. And who defines what great bodily harm or death is? The NRA defines it in their stand-your-ground law. Very clear. So, you know, uh, we call it the NRA's magic words. I felt threatened. Bang. So, Arthur, and, um, for those that uh, – I'm going to have to wrap this up here. For those that want to okay. find out more about uh, the Florida Coalition to Stop Gun Violence, how do they get a hold of you? Well, we're working primarily off of Facebook. Um, um, the, we have two uh, 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 sites that we're using. Uh, one is uh, those opposed to stand-your-ground law, and another one – those opposed to the firearm preemption law, which was passed in November, which, by the way, canceled the last of the gun control laws in Florida, which uh, we don't think was exactly the, the great idea. This, this, uh, the NRA is really scared about this law. They're bringing in every conservative supporter to try to back up what what goes on at this uh, at this trial. They're really concerned because already it's turned into a. Uh, a, uh, a, a public relations. Uh, did you happen to read the uh, Marion Hammer wrote a letter to the um, New York Times, and she responded. And I looked at it and I read it, and she used the word freedom thirteen times. 
It's an important word. <laughs> I mean, fifteen times. Okay. So you know, what are you trying to? What are you trying to tell us? We still think uh, of <laughs> the juries are one of the best things out there. They usually get it right. I don't know that that's always. true. How, how upon what do you base that statement? <laughs> Well, I uh, I haven't heard there hasn't been any movement to get rid of the jury. Well, there's I, a lot of unhappy. I mean, when 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 you get these people out what here do you replace and they it get with? argument in the backyard and somebody gets shot, neither side's going to going to like what the jury says. I and agreed. Neither side is going to like what the prosecutor does. Agreed. But, but I think juries spend has to do that. Having ha- having dealt with juries in in the past, I I and having been to some trials of some friends. I can tell you that it seems to me that juries just really just want to go home and want to get out of there. And so they'll come up with whatever decision gets them out of the door the quickest. Well, I've sat through a good number of these uh, jury trials with Stand Your Ground. And, uh, you know, the, uh, they give the jury the uh, Stand Your Ground statutes and say, here, um, this is what it says. Now you make the decision. Well, they usually get it right, but not always. But Arthur, you know, I really do have to wrap this up. up. A better way. I, don't know. I, I really do have to wrap this up. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, people uh, can get a hold of you on Facebook, and it's the uh, Florida right. Coalition. Well, I'm available. I go around the state and, and speak on this issue, and I, I write and speak on the issue all over the state. Florida Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. I do right. appreciate it, Arthur. And, uh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank you. Free Talk Live has grown enough that I'm comfortable on bringing on a, a new salesperson. Now, I'm not looking for a person who wants a job. I'm looking for a person who wants to grow a business within my business. It's a commission-only position. What I bring to the table is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels, a very popular podcast, the only show to win podcastawards.com annual award five times ftl has also been named to talkers magazine's heavy hundred that's the hundred most important radio programs in america four times because free talk live is an independently syndicated radio program as opposed to being owned by clear channel or one of the other large syndication companies our rates tend to be much less than those big companies. We don't have giant skyscrapers with the shiny glass windows full of receptionists and janitors and sales managers and all those things. So as a result, we're able to price ourselves much lower. And that makes it easier to sell. You've got a a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations across the country with ad rates as low as $30 a 30-second ad. That's a relatively easy pitch to sell, but you still need dedication. The commission is going to be generous, and there'll be plenty of room for growth. What do you bring? Determination. You can't try this for a month, feel defeated, and quit. That's not the way radio sales works. It takes a little while to build your clientele and your reputation. If you have a bunch of half-finished projects sitting around your house uh, with very few completed ones, please, don't waste either of our time by responding. Personality and articulation are important in this job. You're going to have to talk to business owners over the phone. You have to be interesting and easy to understand. You have to have a computer with the internet. You have to have time during the day to do this. 
You can set your set schedule to some extent, but business owners are available during the day. If you want to work at night, you better be trying to get advertisers from India or Australia or Japan. Or you need to be living in India, Australia, or Japan, calling advertisers here. One of the two, but you pretty much need to be calling business owners during the day. You need a good phone with long distance included. This goes back to the articulation issue that I was talking about before. Um, you know, if I don't recommend cell phones, if uh, you know, if if it sounds badly, the business owner is going to be irritated and not want to talk to you. And it's hard enough to get people on the phone to talk to them about advertising without having a bad connection ruining the whole thing or sounding tinny or whatever. You need to be flexible and motivated. I'm not going to claim to be the world's uh, best self-help coach. I'm really not great at that. If you're looking uh, for a pep talk, call your mom. The person I pick needs to believe that Free Talk Live brings incredible value to our listeners. I'm going to need a resume for you. I'm going to get a bunch of responses from this ad, and I'm probably only going to pick one of them. I need to know that the person that I pick can sell, is dedicated, is worth my, and is worth my time to teach them. People often believe that sales is some magical skill that has to do with uh, limited mind control. It isn't. Sales is about integrity, honesty, follow-up with your customers, and product knowledge. Now, I'm going to provide you with the product knowledge. Obviously, you can't know everything that there is to know about the inside of Free Talk Live today. But what you need to bring to the table for me is the dedication to do follow-up with your customers and the willingness to be honest and have integrity in dealing with your customers. If you run across a situation where you have to tell them something that is uh, that you believe is going to ruin the sale, but you believe it's the right thing to say, that's the thing you need to say. I don't want a salesperson that's going to lie to somebody. I'm not interested in it. This is a great opportunity for the right person and a big old headache for both of us for the wrong person. Um, please send your resumes to mark at freetalklive.com. 